lights, marker, action. All right, let's do this one last time. Our name is Brian, Andy, and Steven. We were bitten by the need to share opinions that nobody really asked for. And for the last year, we have been your one and only group film podcast. Welcome to the group, everybody. Uh, we have got a, not good one, a great one for you today. Uh, we will be covering Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Now that's with a hyphen. Spider-Man, colon, Into the Spider-Verse. Wait, that's the full not title. watching Man of Steel? <laughs> <laughs> I saw it three times. I don't like how Brian's talking about colons to begin the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. We, we, we are joined today uh, by your usual host, Brian, Steven, hey. and myself, Andy. What's up, everybody? And we have two special uh, spider aficionado guests with us today, uh, Mr. Josh and Mr. Saul. Hello, Welcome. Hello. Welcome, guys. You don't have to call them Mr. No, you can just call him Josh and Saul. Well, Andy actually respects our hosts. Yes. I mean, our guest hosts. I'm, I'm polite. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the sentiment, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> um, we are going to have a, a lengthy discussion about this movie, I'm sure. Fair warning. <laughs> yes, fair, fair warning. Um, jo- Josh has been on a podcast with us before. Uh, this is Saul's first time joining us uh, for for a podcast. So. Yeah, welcome, Saul. Can we give him a little round of applause? No, yeah, not yet, not yet, not yet. You, he has to earn the applause. Oh, yeah. I drove two hours <laughs> for this podcast. You give me that applause right now, sir. Okay, Dude, fine. We'll he do a is bit. he is the guest that has come the furthest to join us for a pod. I think that deserves a round of applause. Am I not right? Yes. Thank you, Let's thank go. You. I guess I guess y'all can <laughs> applaud if you want. However, I do want to ask real quick. Uh, you guys are, are, have been Spider-Man fans for a while, right? Yep, absolutely. Well, like, rate your, your fan level, you know? One is, like, um, someone who's been living under a rock for the last 40 years, and then 10 is, like, Stan Lee and Ditko. <laughs> I think I'm a solid 8. Like, I don't dig into every single comic, but I think I have a good grasp on... The big arcs, the big character moments, and where he is right now. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I would say a seven, because similar to Josh, but I'm a little less involved currently as in the past, so I'm not as caught up. I know a little bit of the current stuff in the comics, but yeah, so probably a seven. Solid seven. I feel like the fact that y'all guys have comic knowledge already puts you above, you know, most. Yeah, above me for sure. Probably. So we're excited to hear you guys' take on this one. Do you guys want to know how big of a Spidey fan I am? Not really. Not <laughs> <laughs> yes, Steven, please. Josh said that. Enlighten I didn't me. say anything. Josh oh said God. it. Enlighten us, please. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, go ahead, Steve. No, I'll, I'll be quick. I just want to say that he is in my top two favorite superheroes of all time. Top two? Top okay. two. Yeah, for me, growing up, it was always between Spider-Man and Batman. And to this day, I can't really tell you which one I have a preference over, you know, or or preference for, I should say. Um, I love both of them for different reasons. They're very different characters, but um, they both have the ability to kind of tug at my heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, guys, let's keep this train moving uh, with everybody. That didn't take so long. It took Steven. longer than it usually does. <laughs> it Steven, was 20 seconds. Steven always derailing us. <sighs> I just want... What are we going to do? Yeah, I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> Let's so go I share that opinion. <laughs> two. Top two. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. The, the most mediocre segment. Um, story time with Andy. Everybody's favorite segment. Stop it, Ryan. <laughs> I think I've skipped this every time I've heard the podcast. <laughs> 
Dang. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's cold. <laughs> I put a lot of work into this, guys. <laughs> okay, so recently I came across an article uh, that I, I enjoyed called 10 Surprising Facts About Star Wars You Didn't Know. Ooh. So there were some interesting nuggets in here, so I thought I'd share. I think I didn't know any of these. I have a suspicion some of you, since we're all Star Wars fans here, I think, some of you might have heard some of these, but I, I'm hoping that some of these are new to you guys and you find them interesting. Okay. So, number one, Obi-Wan was originally supposed to survive in Star Wars, A New Hope. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, the opening crawl, uh, so the, the letters, you yeah. know, that introduced the movie, I'm, I'm explaining that because some people may not know what that is. Mm-hmm. So that was done practically and it took three hours to shoot. I remember hearing that. Uh, uh, but three hours, though. Holy I knew yeah. moly. Wow. They had Steven running the show, so they had to start over every single time. Oh, my wow. God. Dude, the animosity here is palpable. Oh, I, I don't know why y'all are turning on me. I'm the one who invited you to this podcast. What the heck? Okay. And let me just say one thing about that. Um, okay, never mind. Never mind. I can see on Andy's face he doesn't want that. Yes. Go for it. Mark Hamill was only paid $1,000 per week. Which wow. is the equivalent of uh, $5,500 in 2024. So, per week. So, back then, uh, I would think that sounds like a lot, but I guess even then, back back then, it wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Empire Strikes Back caused a guild controversy. It used to be common practice for the credits to play at the beginning of movies. Yep. A New Hope bucked that trend. But when George Lucas did it again for Empire, the guilds tried to have the movie pulled from theaters. Lucas wow. ended up having to pay a fine, but he was so mad he withdrew his membership from all the major Hollywood guilds. Wow. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. I huh. thought that was interesting too. Huh. Uh, number five. The Battle of Endor was originally supposed to take place on Kashyyyk. Mm. I heard that. Number six. R2-D2 was originally supposed to speak English. I think it's a great thing he did not. It's so much better of a movie if we don't understand what he's actually yeah, saying. Yeah, I think I so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number seven. During an initial story meeting, after killing Vader, Luke was going to put on the mask and become Vader, swearing to kill the Rebel fleet and rule the galaxy. That one was like my jaw dropped when I read that. I'm like, wow, books. what a dark turn mm-hmm. for that character. Wow. Like you invest all this time into rooting for Luke and then at the end he becomes the villain. Like, ooh, wow. That's a bold choice. I'm glad they didn't do it. It's interesting, but yeah, I feel like general audiences would not be down. It would have been better than the actual trilogy. (laughs) Stop it. Stop trolling. (laughs) Number eight. NSYNC was going to be Attack of the Clones. Uh, Justin Timberlake and Lance Bass declined, but the other three members of NSYNC actually filmed as Jedi's but their scenes were ultimately cut from the movie. In sync as Jedi's. That's yeah. amazing. Oh man. I wish they would actually do a music video dressed as Jedi's, you know? <laughs> I think that'd be really I cool. I have one question. Why? Because they were they were huge. Does not then. matter. Please explain to me why. I, I think the reason was somebody's daughter was a fan and then they found out that the members were a fan of the movies, and oh. so it's just kind of it's just kind of like a nice thing to do for them, and they cut it, so no harm, no foul. No, you know what? I have a problem with Lucas now because this means that he just gives in to what anybody wants. Did you guys know that he gave Sam Jackson the purple lightsaber because Sam Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber? Yeah, Common literally, fact. he told him, everybody "Good guys are this. blue and green, and bad guys are red." Common knowledge. And Sam Jackson said. 
there's no purple lightsaber? And George Lucas said, you might get purple. <laughs> you took J- Sam Jackson note. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad he got his purple yeah. lightsaber. I think it totally pays off. It works. It, okay. looks, it looks cool. And we can talk about that when we do a Star Wars podcast, guys. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> this is your fault. This, this, this is too tight a ship he's running here. <laughs> We're talking about Spider-Man. We haven't even gotten to Spider-Man yet. And then the thing is, there's going to be so much to say about Spider-Man. There's no reason to expand. On, this is just supposed to be quick hits. True, quick, true, hits true. quick hits. True, quick true. hits. Quick hits. I listened to the last podcast. You guys went too long on story time. <laughs> too long? All right. Quick, 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 quick. Uh, number nine, Porgs were created to hide puffins. So puffins are small birds, and when filming The Last Jedi in Ireland, they couldn't get wide shots without a puffin showing up somewhere, so they created Porgs to hide them. That's interesting. It's pretty interesting, yeah. Huh. And then the last one, in Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon's communicator is a woman's raisin. So, oh, yes. I remember seeing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pra- practical, I mean, and inexpensive, I would imagine. So couple interesting facts i thought about star wars that's interesting yeah thanks yeah. andy no problem sometimes you wonder like imagine if people's first ideas were the ones that always got made like how different things would be i'm so glad there's a process where you work on it you refine it you run it you have different set of eyes on it uh so that they can catch some of the stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah it's one of the things i i hate how long it takes to make movies sometimes you hear an idea and you want to see it immediately and then you hear about how there's a script rewrite and they change directors and ultimately almost always that seems to work out in favor of the movie but it's just frustrating as a fan when you want to see something but ultimately it's for the for the greater good mm-hmm. that's right all right guys let's jump ahead to our no cap recap if you have not watched this movie uh what are you doing and also <laughs> you might want to pause at this point and go watch the movie it is a fantastic watch we are about to spoil the movie uh, with our short recap. So let's get started. Our story follows the journey of Brooklyn teen Miles Morales, who despite being very bright, struggles with the expectations others have placed on him, especially his father, police officer Jefferson Davis. Miles feels closer to his uncle Aaron, who seems to understand him better. One night, Uncle Aaron takes Miles to an abandoned subway station to graffiti a wall, something Miles enjoys doing. And there, Miles is bitten by a mysterious spider. Within a few days, Miles notices lots of physical changes, and so he returns to the subway, where he interrupts a battle between Spider-Man and the Green Goblin. It is here where Spider-Man, aka Peter Parker, dies at the hands of the Kingpin, Wilson Fisk. As the city mourns for the loss of Spider-Man, Miles vows to become a new Spider-Man and carry on Peter's legacy. At Spider-Man's grave, Miles meets Peter B. Parker, a Spider-Man from another dimension. They team up to stop Kingpin and destroy the collider that brought Peter B. Parker into Miles' dimension. They later discover that there are four more Spider-Men that have been transported onto Miles' Earth. The Spider-Men then all agree that while well-intentioned, Miles is not ready for the fight to come and that he would be a liability. Therefore, he is not to come on the mission, meaning one of the Spider-Men will have to stay behind to destroy the collider and they will therefore not get to go home. Distraught, Miles heads to his Uncle Aaron's apartment only to then discover that Uncle Aaron is the villain known as the Prowler. Dun dun dun! Or alternate noise. That's nice. Was that close? That's close. Usually Steven does the sound in the music, but I tried it this time. Pretty good, thank you. Thanks for taking up some of my valuable time, B. 
Miles flees to Aunt May's house, where the Spider-Man were gathered, but is followed by the Prowler, Dr. Octopus, Scorpion, Tombstone, and the Kingpin. In the ensuing fight, Miles reveals his true identity to his Uncle Aaron. Unwilling to kill Miles, Uncle Aaron is killed by Kingpin. The heroes regroup at Miles' dorm room, and Miles is once again told that he cannot come to the final mission, and he is restrained and gagged. He will get himself killed if he goes, since he is still unable to control his spider powers. Miles' dad, Jefferson Davis, shows up outside his room and has a heart-to-heart -heart with Miles, although Miles can only listen through the door. He expresses his faith in Miles, and those words inspire Miles to break free and become the hero he knows he can become. Miles takes the leap of faith needed to overcome his fear and doubt and finally gains full control over his powers. He joins the heroes and helps defeat Kingpin's enforcers, sending all of the other Spider-Men home. Miles then has a final showdown with Kingpin and is able to defeat him and destroy the Collider. The city is saved and Miles can now fully embrace the responsibility of being the only Spider-Man on his Earth. Well done, Andy. That yeah. was a very good one. Very, very good recap, Andy. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So uh, that is our, our brief no-cap recap uh, of the movie. Uh, again, fantastic watch. All right, so that leads into our group discussion. Uh, so let's dive into the movie here, guys. So why do you love or not love this movie? I mean, this was a good question. That did not have to have a not love section. <laughs> I mean, it's a comic cinematic masterpiece. I really don't know how else to explain it. I don't have any gripes with this film. I had no issues with it. I had difficulty finding any negative issues, personally, mm -hmm. really. I, I'd have to really nitpick at it. I didn't feel like doing that mm -hmm. when I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's beautiful. That's okay. all I gotta say. That's valid, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah I appreciate the honesty there. Yeah, I mean... I, I could gush about this movie all day, dude. Oh, God, it's starting. <laughs> it's starting. The gushing is starting. <laughs> but it's just, it, to, in my eyes, it's it's such a masterpiece of, of an animated film and in general as a movie in, in itself. The way that it that it carries these particular type of themes of fitting in and, and growing into the role that you're, that you're given with the gifts that you're given. The way that it uses cinematography and music to elevate certain aspects of, of the themes that it's trying to give. I mean, by this point, we had seen seven Spider-Man movies at this point. And, and to find a way to make this one stand out on its own, be very unique, be literally a comic book in, in animation is, is something that, that is crazy. And it's influenced other movies now, like other animated movies want to capture this particular style. It, it really, in my eyes, changed the movie industry for, for the better. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting take, Josh. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And I would I would agree with, especially what he says specifically about this being a unique movie, because I've seen the sentiment online, and I think I would share it. It's like the Spider-Verse films finally made Miles Morales an interesting character, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which is, I mean, I hate to say it without actually reading a book of, you know, Miles, but the uh but that's the that's the sentiment and honestly i think that it was great for that reason we have a spider-man story that doesn't focus on peter parker but i mean he's still part of the story mm -hmm. uh it has an emotional arc with multiple characters that we see you know complete within this one movie even though it sets up a sequel i like that and then what josh said about the art style and direction is something that hadn't been done before and it really really works i mean it is just 
visually a, a joy to watch. And then you add all the other elements that just make it entertaining. I mean, honestly, you can go in not knowing anything about art direction or style or or how a movie is made, but you have a good time every time you watch it. For me, this movie is very rewatchable. I've seen it many times. I enjoy it every single time. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Not to deviate real quick, just a question for you guys that might know that Miles Morales is a fairly new character, right? He had only existed for how many years before this movie came out? The, I mean, 2000s? Yeah, Early 2000s, came, I think, yeah, right? Getting, getting close to the, to the 2010s, I think, is yeah. whenever he made his first appearance. Okay. Yeah, like, that, that was 08? kind of my thought. Yeah. I feel like 08 is the year, but, but yeah, very, very new character. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Thanks. I really like this movie. I've seen it maybe four times now, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I, I mean, you basically stole everything that. <laughs> that's what happens when you're last, guys. <laughs> is that everybody takes everything you were going to say? But uh, just to add my own thing, I thought it was a little risky for them to go this route. You've, like Josh mentioned, seven movies prior to this that were all live action. Now he, they're delving into animation. Is this going to work, or is everyone going to see it kind of like I first saw it when I saw the trailer? Just like, oh, it's going to be a kids' version you know, of the story, or, or they're just gonna do something for the kids, you know, it'll be nice, it'll be a PG movie, and it'll be sweet and cute, and they'll have fun, and that wasn't really my bag. If that's what it was gonna be, I had zero interest in watching it. But surprisingly enough, uh, it was really good, and uh, the risk paid off. The animation style was amazing. The, like, you guys talked about the emotional arcs, great. Um, it was very well acted, as far as voice acting goes and um, it was incredibly successful, uh, not only critically, but financially also to where we're getting not only, uh, we got one sequel already, we're getting another one, and they're talking about a fourth one. So clearly, audience really dug this. Can I ask something real quick? Uh, to Steven, because animation in general is not your favorite style of movie. Yeah, it's kind of all putting you tend to You tend to, not watch animated films just because they're animated. And we've gone into discussions before about how wrong that is. However, it's my- It's not fair. My, my question though for you is, what um, motivated you to give it a shot? Andy said, a group of us are going to see it. Do you want to go? I said, okay. That's it? That's it. That's the only, and so when you went in, you had zero expectations? I had zero expectations, and I mean that. You thought I it was gonna be a kid's film? I thought it was just gonna be a cute kid's film. That's it. You know, I gotta mm -hmm. say, whenever... uh, a, a movie that was gonna be an inspirational for that, you know, 13, 14 year old, you know? Well, when it is inspirational, but yeah. I feel like you But just... I thought I wasn't gonna have any connection to it. I see. I, I, I was in the same camp whenever whenever this movie was announced. I remember that that they had made an announcement that, that they were gonna go a new direction. They were gonna make an animated movie. And I, I didn't vibe with it. I was like, I don't want this. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't wanna see something like this. And then Sony Pictures Animation in particular, you know what their movie was right before Spider-Verse? What was it? The Emoji Movie. You remember <laughs> that? Yeah. <laughs> I think that bombed, didn't it? It bombed hard. Hard. And wow. people hated the story, people hated the direction, people hated the animation. Everything about that movie does not work. Mm -hmm. And so I see this now that this movie comes out. From the same people who gave same. you the emoji movie. <laughs> exactly. And so for my eyes, I'm like, oh, this is not going to work. This is a bad move. I was actually the opposite with you, though. I saw the trailer at first and the change in animation style, the the aspect of the way that they were going for it, sold it on me. Mm. Immediately when I saw the, the animation and what they were doing, 
I was like, this is going to be something different, and I'm all for it. I never saw a trailer for it. Really? It honestly slipped under my radar 100%. And yeah. I only went to go watch it because Evan wanted to go see it, my nephew. Yeah. And I, again, same. I, I figured, okay, so it's probably a kid's movie. Yeah. I'll, I'll go watch it. It's right. fine. Man, was I blown away. I was just surprised. I watched this in theaters three times. Back, yes. back to back. I think so I, I think, did, too. I, I think the marketing, it was targeting people like your nephew. You know, so that they would get into it. And then the adults were surprised when they went in and said, oh, this is actually pretty good. Maybe. I, no. I, well, I don't There's no. a teaser no, tater. You guys are just fake fans. I'm really <laughs> excited from the beginning when we heard about this project. And honestly, y'all just act like you care about Spider-Man. Oh, man. I love Anyways. Spider-Man. <laughs> okay. So I'll say I, I love this movie. Uh, great origin story for Miles. Great Spider-Man story. A lot of heart. It's funny. And it's very smart. Uh, so now let's follow up with what was your reaction and some of you've already kind of touched on this a little bit but seeing it first time in theaters versus seeing it now again maybe for the second time this might have been your first time watching it yeah. although I know that's not the case with anybody here oh, right. unlike mm-hmm. other people who had qualms about this film I knew exactly what I was going to get which was a masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> whatever that does but, not but seem honestly, real you could not have known that I, I, I had the same opinion um, as Josh the trailer sold it for me immediately I didn't but I'm easily sold on trailers, so yeah, I'm not gonna. See, I don't get fooled by trailers anymore. Yeah, I'm like, yes. I'm like, anybody can make a great trailer. You can so. make the worst movie ever have a great trailer, and then it's just like, oh. Yeah. So I, I don't overhype myself with it. As far, visually, yes, it looked really cool. I mean, if I was going, there are times where I was like, okay, I know this movie might not be good, but there's something really captivating about it, and it could be like the visual style. Uh, And so that might have been one of the reasons I would want to go see it. Hmm. The thing that did it for me, though, and and I wish, I'm going to go ahead and jump a bit into the best lines, but because they cut this line from the movie. Hmm. It was in the trailer, but it wasn't in the movie. Where in in the trailer, where, where they're showing it for the first time, Peter B. Parker is talking to Miles, kind of giving oh, him yeah. the guidance and everything. Yeah. He says, it's not about saving everybody. It's about saving one person. And whenever I heard that mixed with the animation, the the boldness of, of the style that they were going for, that's why I was sold a, a mm. immediately with Saul. Because I, I, this animation company did not have any confidence in me from any point. And when I heard that particular line mixed with the style, I was like, they get Spider-Man. They love Spider-Man, and they know what, what what it's about. So for me, that's why I went into the movie with pretty, I, I would say, not super high expectations, but I, I was expecting a good movie, and even then, I was still blown away by how how impressive, how perfect this movie is. Did, did we all see it several times in theaters? I saw it one time in theaters, no. and once? then... I don't yeah. watch movies multiple times in theaters on, okay. on purpose. I've seen two movies twice in theaters. Uh, Born Ultimatum, which I got invited to go see a movie. They didn't tell me which movie. Turns out it's a movie I had just seen. The only movie I purposely went to see a second time was Avengers Endgame. Because so much happens in that movie, and it was so good that I'm like, I need to watch it again before it leaves theaters. Other than that, I watch it once in theaters. Then when it comes out on Blu-ray or now 4K... I'll watch it again, and then I won't watch it again for years. Got That's it. kind of my process. Are we doing an Endgame pod, Andy? Or are we just going to do Infinity War? That's going to be an 
difficult uh, conversation because I want to do both. I want to do justice Did to both movies. Maybe we can merge them. They're not real Spider-Man fans. They're talking about the Avengers here. <laughs> Look, the question they already is, deviated. Uh, you, do you, know, you do Spider-Man know Spider-Man yes is no. an Avenger, right? No, that's not the question. <laughs> okay. But we love the film. The reason I asked the question about seeing it several times, the question is if we love it, right? I think we all loved it. Some of us watched it again several times. I did. I did go several times. But it was with a different group of people. Yeah, Yeah, of course. But we rewatched it, right? Mm -hmm. And even now, you watch it again and you still love it, right? So I think we can all... It's not really going to be a discussion podcast. More as it is a conversation. (laughs) I think we really, really love this movie. We're all on the same page. (laughs) I think it's it's a really good film. Other topics. So, Brian, what was your reaction? Well, like I mentioned, I I was surprised because I didn't know at all what I was getting into. I hadn't seen anything about it. I don't even know how that happened, but I, I don't know. It's it's pretty weird. Um, and the more I watch it, or like these more recent times that I've rewatched it, uh, I always find new things to appreciate, you know? And so I guess my appreciation for the movie just grows the more I watch it, which I think is really special. Not a whole lot of movies will do that. Yeah, there are a lot of hidden treasures in this movie that they put in there on purpose, which, I mean, you'd watch a hundred times and I feel like not catch all of them. Right. Steven, what was your reaction the first time versus now? First time I saw it, I was like, wow, that was really good. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, with every rewatch after that, I would say this is my fourth time, the second and third time. I was like, still, very good movie. This last time that I saw it, I was less impressed, but that's just because I already knew all the story beats and... Um, and I struggle with animation. The older I get, the more I struggle with it. it. It's hard for me to, it's not anything that animation does wrong. I simply don't have the attention span for it. For some reason, not having live action performances kind of starts to lull me to sleep. Fake and fan. Yeah. Fake fan. That is <laughs> no, but, so weird to me. I just cannot wrap my head around it. It, it is what it is, man. You but, have serious old man yelling at clouds energy <laughs> right now. <laughs> bad. Super bad. It is what it is. So yeah, so um, less less impactful this last time, but still a, a good movie. I love mm. animation. I watch, I rewatch cartoons all the time on Disney Plus. I'll rewatch Spider Man and X Men, and I love Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. And so I, Stephen and I are, are pretty different in that. Um, I will say I was really surprised at just how good it was the first time I saw it. Again, it caught me by surprise. Yeah. I think Josh was the one who told me about it. I'm like I, I somehow I also missed the trailer. I had no idea what it was. I don't really know why I went to watch it, um, but I didn't know what it was people were talking about back then when they were saying the new Spider-Man movie was coming out. And then I watched it and I thought, wow, that was really good. But I still thought it was hyperbole when people were talking about how it's like up there with the best Spider-Man movies. I'm like, oh, come on, stop it. Be serious. <laughs> but upon rewatches, especially this last one, I now have really shifted. Like, It's a fantastic movie and it absolutely deserves to be mentioned among the best of the best of the Spider-Man yes. movies, yes, live action or not. It, yes, sir. Agreed. It, it, it cracks the top five for me. Top five? I feel, <laughs> I, I feel that's too low. Um, I, I, at least top five. Maybe it's at number four. Oh, I'm not going to no. give it. I'm not going to give it top three. I, I me, think it's three. For me, for me, uh, Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire, course, you can say what you want. That's my number one. Um, that's not changing unless somebody else does that. Um, then uh, I'm going to put Far From Home and Homecoming or No Way Home, either one of them, at number three. I'm going to put those above Into the Spider-Verse. That's me personally. But again, I have a bias for live action. All right, guys, let's talk about the uh, critic and audience scores. So 
This movie got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score was 94%, and the Metacritic score was 87%. So we only have to go around the room all the way around, but just in general, you guys agree or disagree with the scores? I think that, um, I think it's fair. I do think it's fair. I'm surprised that the audience score is actually lower than the critic score. So again, they didn't understand the plot, Brian. It's because they're all next Steven. They, they couldn't like, follow it. These are Andy's words. But it so, is it's not a huge difference, you know, but I would have expected it to be a little closer. Usually that's my explanation for when the Rotten Tomato score is higher than the audience score, it's because I would say the uh, audience didn't understand the movie. I think in this case it might be because it was animation. Yep. And you have a lot of adults in there. They're just watching because they're, they're yeah, kids. It's Steven. But the why, other why, are you, why are you criticizing me, guys? You hear what Andy's saying? Yeah, but there are more people like me out there. I feel. I think the other part is the animation. The animation style. I think visually, be. it's a lot to take in, that could and be. It's, it can be a little bit jarring. I think that's part of the reason why I didn't love, love, love it the first time. I liked it a lot. And it's grown on me, but I think it's a lot to, to take in. Yeah, I just because they were not used to it. I think yeah. the audience was conditioned at that point to expect it. Oh, sorry. A top animated movie is always a Pixar movie. And so you're looking for a particular type of style with that sort of mm-hmm. uh, title of best animated feature. And it's not until this one comes in, completely changes everything. It's a totally different style from anything Pixar had ever done. And so whenever whenever it comes out, I do think that, that you're onto something, Andy. I do think that it was a lot to take in. It's a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of differences. It's a lot of news. And so people have expected something of anime movies. People have expected something of Spider-Man movies. This one didn't have any of that. Also, and the multiverse, the idea of it was something fairly new mm-hmm. in 2018. I mean, most of the movies, the live action movies, hadn't explored that at that time. And so I think that maybe that kind of, you know, older people or maybe it was people in their 40s, 50s, moms and everything just didn't get that part. Mm. And maybe that affected the audience score some. I, I think you guys are overthinking it. It's 97 to 94%. Come on. <laughs> it's a 3% difference. Well, I, I was going to... matter. You guys are digesting way too much into this specific 3%, 3% matters. I disagree. I think this... That's between an A and an A+. Plus. I don't know. They're both still A's. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I was going to I was gonna second what Steven was saying. Also, the, the, the story is a little bit deeper than most you know spider-man stories you know it, it involves a, a lot more yeah. <laughs> not that big of a deal guys. okay so just a, a quick a quick note this movie won the best oscar won the oscar for best animated film yep. so and i, mm-hmm. I think it, well, it, it deserved that recognition That's yeah good. agreed That's all right let's let's jump into our next segment best thing i've ever seen uh, we're going to now identify great scenes in the movie, and then we'll pick our favorite scene, or yeah, our favorite scene, or you can say it's your best best scene. It might mm-hmm. also be your favorite, but uh, great scenes in the movie. Saul, this is the hardest question I had to answer. Just just pick one or two. You don't have to list all. I, of them. I Steven think... will list the rest that you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, out of all of them, I only wrote I only wrote one: the death of Spider Man of Peter Parker. Mm. I, at the beginning? At the, at the beginning. Because oh, wow. the, the following questions, right, I, I kind of followed the, the format of the questions we asked, right? Um, but I felt the reason it's a great scene is because if you weren't already sucked in at that point, like you guys said, how many people knew what they were walking into, what this movie's about? You, you think P- Peter Parker, you think he's the hero. The trailer kind of gives ideas if you know what you're watching that is not the same Peter Parker. 
I think for most people though, you see the Kingpin wins and without understanding that, okay, you still have another Spider-Man here. I think that's a great scene because it just brings you in now full throttle into the story, children and adults alike. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to like uh, throw any shade on, on that's that's your opinion and everything. Yeah, sure, I, but I you think, are throwing shade. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I think that it has impact if you're a Spider-Man fan. If you don't, I don't think that death scene means anything. I, if it's if it's just a ooh. random person who's coming in and they don't know who Peter okay, Parker I take is, back our discussion that, thing. Well, no, that, no, no, that, no, who's that's watching Spider Man that, that doesn't know who Peter wrong. Parker is? There are people who walk into Spider Man and say, it, "I don't know anything about the character." That, what a terrible take! <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that is such a awful they, take. I guarantee you, name one person. I, gu- I guarantee you, there are people out there who don't person. who don't even know who Spider Man really is. You say, "What's Spider Man's real person name?" And they're not gonna know. Yeah, but I think I, I think in terms of the story, it starts with the introduction of Spider-Man and who he is and what Literally, he's done. Yeah, yeah, but that's not enough for you to develop uh, a connection with him. But I don't I don't think, and it doesn't make his death meaningful. But I don't think Saul is saying that you know you're gonna start bawling or that you feel an emotional no, no. attachment. He's just saying that. Well, well, he's he's basically saying if you're not in at that moment, then you know well, you're hopeless and everything. He's, but he's it's like saying, he's saying yeah, he's saying it's a hook. It's yeah, a but, hook for the movie. Yeah, but people don't know who Spider-Man is. God, they don't do care about that scene. Why? Well, I guess you are the voice of the dozen people that <laughs> I guess this went. Is a, this is your three percent right he's, here. Yeah. So. he's one of the guys who's only uh, read going, the Miles Morales comics. I have so, no idea about that's him. the guy. That's yeah. You're speaking for the ones that go watch a Spider-Man movie with zero knowledge of Spider-Man. I guess <laughs> that's who I'm representing right now. But that's a the very small one percent. Do you get it, Andy? They didn't spend. No, Andy doesn't. Get the, it. Okay, so I'll, I'll say I found it shocking that Peter Parker dies. Like even now, I'm kind of still like, man, they killed off Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, Josh, for you, great scenes. Wow, you just so, completely. <laughs> I mean, what are we gonna do? We're gonna yeah. do the stamps the whole Look, movie. There's more great scenes in this we're, film. We're throwing hands after the podcast. We're all throwing, right. All right. <laughs> sounds good. I'll for sign. right now, we'll keep it civil. No, for me, no after. touching of the hair or face. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> um, for me. There, there. I, I was with Saul. There's so many scenes in this movie that that leave me breathless that I love. But if if I'm limiting it to just a couple of scenes, I love the Miles Power Awakening scene. Whenever mm-hmm. he's trying to mm-hmm. impress Gwen, and he's trying to do the shoulder touch that he just learned from his uncle. Very, very cute scene. I, I love the back and forth and the anxiety that comes along with with Miles going through that. And then also. Uh, Whenever he knows, he finds out who the Prowler is. And going into into his uncle's apartment, that tension, that that creepiness, that soundtrack, and then whenever the Prowler takes off his mask, perfect scene. Amazing yeah, that's scene. a very tense scene. Very yeah. good scene. But I'm gonna leave it at those. I'm gonna talk about my favorite one later. All right, Brian. Okay, uh, all of the character introduction sequences, I love. I can rewatch those over and over. I, I freaking love them. Those are so great. And then the ones that I wrote down are a lot of the more, uh, the, the scenes that have more of an emotional depth, at, at least some. I like it when, when Jeff Davis takes Miles and drops him off and he makes him say, I love you, Dad. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a copy. Great. Yeah. That's good. I like it when he's with his uncle and they're painting the mural and that's actually the scene where he gets bit by the spider. Uh, I like the converse, well, the... Um, this Jefferson Davis's speech through the door at Visions Academy, and that's what gives Miles the confidence he needs to assume his responsibility. I mean, all of that. Um, and then I have, of course, the action and the fight sequences. 
when they go to Alchemex to try to steal the computer or at least the information, but they just end up taking the whole thing. Yeah. Mr. Obagel. <laughs> I love that. I love the fight in Aunt May's house. I love the uh, when they have to sneak in through the dinner party. I mean, there is just scene after scene it's just so great it's hard to pick a favorite yeah you're turning into steven where you're just citing the whole movie i'm so sorry this was his turn to do it i won't do it this time all right <laughs> so um yeah i think that uh i'm ready to just give my favorite scene if you want i'll start and then we'll just go around okay well then let me say my great scenes and then we'll jump back to you for for favorite okay um this is kind of like a a, a, a cheat but i really wish we had gotten to see more of Peter Parker, Chris Pine voicing the actor. I love when he realizes Miles is like him and he's talking about how he's going to train him. Like, I love that version of Peter Parker and I wish we had gotten to see more of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love that scene just where they interact. So his death um, is a big scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, uh, just saying it for I those, love those in the back. I love Miles, his leap of faith when that actually happens. Mm-hmm. The music, the setting, yep. and he becomes Spider-Man. Love it. And then uh, when Peter apologizes to MJ for the lack of bread at table 12. (laughs) (laughs) I'm interested to hear what your best scene is. Man, I want to see, I want to hear what your answer is. We'll we'll get to that. All right, so Steven, your favorite scene. My favorite scene has got to be um, the one that includes my favorite quote also, uh, which uh, I guess I'll go ahead and just say it now. It's Mm -hmm. when um, Stan Lee is the bodega guy. Oh, Oh, I love it. And... and I love that Miles says, can I return it, meaning the suit, mm-hmm. if it doesn't fit? And I love the symbolism there, you know, or, or what the metaphor, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Right. And Stan Lee says, it always fits, eventually. Oh, so perfect. And I'm like, that's that was so perfect. You know, they're taking something that you're taking literally, like, what if the suit doesn't actually fit him? And he means, what if I am not capable of being Spider-Man? What if this is not the right thing for me? Yeah. Can I return it? Can I stop being Spider-Man? And Stan Lee basically says, no. It's like you'll you'll grow to be who you need to be. Mm-hmm. And you know, this was after the the death of Stanley, so yeah. that that I remember watching that in theaters and that's oh my gosh, it, it just hit even harder yes. whenever you heard him for the last time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Saul, what was your favorite scene? Oh god. The one that everybody listening will judge you for if you pick wrong. <laughs> I, I, Hey, and our listeners judge hard, bro. No, they you judge. should see some of the Twitter comments we get. They judge you guys hard. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a favorite. Um, the I, confidence I, on this guy. on his first episode. Yeah, I gotta it's say, coming in hot. I'm a regular. I'm a regular favorite. I gotta say, what's up, danger? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I don't know if anyone, I'm sure more than one of us are going to have that one. That's the leap of faith. That's the leap of faith. But, but, I got to shout out, I love the reverse scene at the end where he reverses the leap of faith to Peter P. Parker when he's telling, no, you got to go home, man. Yeah. And he's like, well, how do I know? It's like, it's a leap of faith. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful, that's your full circle. That's your runner up. Yeah, that's that, my that, runner. That, that should the, be your number one. I would inverse those the two. The only if reason I, were you. I wouldn't inverse it is because the leap of faith scene, the first one where he suits up and everything, encompasses what the whole film really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The exactly. whole film. If you could just show someone one scene, that'd be the scene. I, I, that have to be my favorite scene. You got to see the scene. Gotcha. Because yeah. that okay. explains music, story, animation. Everything okay, yeah. mm-hmm. justified. And and, and Saul is, is right on it. That that's my. I, I think that that if you understand this movie, that has to be the favorite scene of of your of this movie. 
just because it, it finally some some movies have a big old climax and it's the big fight against against the villain it's the big fight against the the resolution to get to get them home and everything this is the climax of the movie yep. this is the point that the movie has been building up to and the way that it's shot in fact a little easter egg of this is that the way that he does the leap of faith the the, the process that it goes through it's exactly the opposite of whenever he was failing whenever he was trying to train first yeah. whenever he runs up to that building and then mm-hmm. tries to j- uh, jump across and he's being clumsy and he ends up breaking the little flash drive the goober mm-hmm. it's completely inverse whenever he's ready to take that leap of faith everything that he failed first is now shown that he's rising through the occasion that he's getting through every all of the obstacles that he had mm-hmm. and and gets him ready whenever he lands looking over at the uh, at the collider that i'm ready i'm i am spider-man now so the suit fit the suit fit exactly yep. but that start where that starts off that's where this movie is it, it builds everything to pay it off at it that particular moment exactly and, and, and the way that Saul said it, it is exactly right. The way that it uses the themes, not only the themes of Spider-Man, whenever you've been hearing it across the movie, the theme of Miles Morales mixing in with it, along with his hip hop uh, playlist that he's that that you've seen that is such a staple for Miles. The way that it marries all of those aspects into this scene is just beautiful. I mean, it's a perfect, perfect scene. Nice, Josh. Thanks. Very, very well explained. Yes. My favorite scene is when Peter Porker says... <laughs> All right, never mind. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mine is also the leap of faith, and I really cannot add any more than what these guys have said because they've already explained it as, as best as you can. But, uh, I mean, it is the, um, the emotional turning point. That's when you finally see Miles reach his arc, and then he follows through with it. And so, yeah, it's... I think given its importance and its weight and depth, that it's, it deserves to be called the best. Yeah, so I'm going to piggyback what you guys have all said, and I already mentioned it, but Leap of Faith is my favorite of the scenes. You know, the, the combination of the music, the story, the visuals for that scene, I mean, that is, you know, just perfection for this movie. It is the highlight, uh, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Because you said it in your best scenes, and I was like, man, what beat, what beat Andy's Yeah, no, I, I threw it in there. I threw it in there. Yeah, we do that sometimes. And then I picked, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, point of no return. So, Saul, at what point this movie, you're flipping channels, this movie is on, at what point are you saying, I have to watch the rest Look of it? Look at me, Steven. Look at me. <laughs> the death of Peter Park. <laughs> if you can see Saul's face right now, uh, listeners, it's uh, it's intense. <laughs> However, honestly, for me, as soon as the, the movie starts and Sunflower plays, when you hear it in the trailer, you're like, oh, but then it just, it goes in and it just starts off right. Like mm-hmm. from the beginning, it's like right foot mm-hmm. first. And then that death scene really gets me into it. But honestly, for me, from the very beginning, but the death scene ultimately i can't i can't leave i need to know what happens mm-hmm. who how does the hero learn who trains him yeah right if you don't know anything then now you're asking questions what is going to happen because this kid looks like you don't know what he's doing he, he looks like 16 year old steven don't know what he's doing <laughs> and it just works and he it, it, it just it was a great entryway and I, I can't feel, leave i feel like that is the right answer for most anyone right? going into this especially if they've never seen it before you know, 
Now that you've seen it over and over again, would that still be your point of no return? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I still think that's the scene that once you hit that spot, whether you you're know, in. you know nothing or you know something, you're, you have to stay and figure out how this is going to get resolved. You're locked mm-hmm. in. Yeah. All right, Josh. I mean, I'm kind of the same. I, I I could I could put this on from the beginning and, and that little. Uh, the little soundtrack the intro the way that it that it kind of mm-hmm. comes in full blast and everything gets me in I, I'm, I'm all in for the ride but I do think that it's either between it's either between the moment that Miles and, and Peter meet for the first time and and, and you see uh, their spider senses uh, go Tingle. off at the same time I do think that, that that's a particular impactful scene as well um, but I think that once Peter Parker dies, you you I, I, I remember I seeing it for the first time and even seeing it now. It's just you you want to go with Miles on that ride. Here here's a here's a Peter that wants to train him, wants to let him know, and it's taken away from him. And I want to see what he does. I almost don't need to ask Brian because every time we do this, Brian says as soon as the opening credits start, he's in. <laughs> No. Prove me wrong, Brian. Obviously not. I was going to say when the stamp appears by, you know, the comic authority, (laughs) it's going to prove. That's when I'm locked in. No, honestly, um, because I'm a fake Spider-Man fan, (laughs) what I wrote down was that I am for sure locked in after Uncle Aaron's death. And and the reason why I say this is not because I don't love love seeing the, the whole, you know, first half of the movie. It's just that maybe by this point, I know it so well, I'm okay walking away for stretches of it or for pieces of it. Whereas for me, the point of no return is I can't leave my seat. I have to watch every second of this until the end. Um, that's my thinking on it for, for this movie. Because honestly, if I'm flipping through channels at any point it's on, I'll stay and watch it through to the end. But to say I'm locked in 100%, Uncle Aaron's death. Gotcha. Thanks, Brian. What about you, Stephen? There's no scene where I wouldn't walk away. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Part of me but, feels like he's trolling Saul. Do you, are you, or are you just, is this for real? You really would walk away if, at any point. I'll just say this. If I had to pick a scene where I'm probably, probably sticking around for the rest of it, it's the scene where um, uh, Jefferson Davis is outside of Miles' door while he can't speak back. You know, because okay. he's tied up. Okay. And he gives oh, so that towards very, the end. Yeah, towards <laughs> the end. Yeah. Um, and he and he gives that uh, that little speech there, where Miles probably would have responded if he could have. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was really well done, and uh, that's one of my favorite scenes. Also, I should have said that, but uh, I think at that point I'd stick around. I shouldn't have expected more from a Lost World yeah. defender like you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brian, Stephen, and I are very, very close. And uh, I feel like this is the realistic answer because if you're just on a Tuesday night flipping through channels, I don't know about you. I got stuff to do. Like, I can't just sit and watch the whole two hour movie. <laughs> but Brian said Uncle Aaron's death. Steven said when Jefferson is outside Miles' dorm. And my answer is right, right, right after that, which all those things happen sequ- sequentially. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Peter B. Parker tells him, hey, you're not coming. And he. Or actually, Jefferson comes after Peter B. Parker leaves. But exactly, yeah. That point where it's like he's about to become Spider-Man. Like that point in until the end, I'm watching it. And that, yeah, that's only the last 20 minutes of the movie yeah. maybe. Um, but at that point, I, I, I'm not turning it off. I'm not going to the bathroom. You know, 
I'm not going to get a snack. I'm watching every minute of it from there until the end. Mm. All right. Thanks, guys. A lot of interesting uh, scenes and, and some good discussion. Uh, let's jump into behind the scenes now. We'll talk about uh, the direction of the movie, cinematography, the script, etc. So we're just going to kind of jump around here. So feel free to chime in mm -hmm. as you have thoughts. We won't necessarily go around the table. Uh, director. Uh, the director of this movie was Bob Parachetti. I don't know who that is. I don't know if he's done anything before or after this movie. Uh, he did a great job with this one, though. <laughs> I think, was was it just him or Ram Ramsey and Rothman also? There were three directors. That's what movie. I had. Yeah, okay, I only wrote down the one. Yeah. So. Which, that tends to be the case with a lot of animated movies. I think because there's so many different parts mm -hmm. there that have to happen uh, concurrently that you know a single director maybe isn't going to be able to see everything until it's all put together you know like there's different parts that have to be worked on uh at the same time but you don't see the the full complete picture yet and so you have multiple directors directing different aspects of that yeah oddly enough rodney rothman is a writer and a director and he did 22 jump street and forgetting sarah marshall so, if you, so he's he, the only one I know of. He does comedy well. Okay, yeah, comedy, yeah, yeah. comedy uh, background. Mm -hmm. interesting. interesting, yeah. All right, cinematography. I have one Ooh. note here, and it's just the upside-down shot, you know, during the leap of faith. That's like a movie poster for me. I would hang that up on my wall. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know you know what I love most about this movie? Is, Josh. In, in that particular scene. It, it, it's beautiful to kind of look and see how what happens whenever you let artists kind of take over. And kind of do things like that. Whenever, whenever there's a video that that kind of explains the script behind that that particular scene, and in the script it says that he that Miles takes off, he jumps, but it says makes a note, but he is not falling, he is rising. Mm. And so mm -hmm. seeing so seeing cool. the way that they they took that script and it made a, a shot framed at where where it inverses the fall, it makes him actually rise through the through the scene. It, it is just amazing to me what what artists can can do whenever you let them do, uh, create, and and that's beautiful cinematography for me. Yeah. <laughs> for excuse me. me. You're excused. For me, <laughs> there was no sarcasm in that one. <laughs> I have. I, I want to talk about the cinematography because I think when people think about animation, they don't think about cinematography. Mm -hmm. that's they fair. don't make the correlation between the two, but. Man, if, if 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 filming through a camera, right, equals cinematography, which is how you then create and edit and do all that work in post, which I, I think Steven could, could talk a little bit more as well. But to do it through animation, it's, I mean, there are so many scenes that make the city of New York come to life. Mm -hmm. Like my favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes that's just purely from cinematography is he gets off the train and then the train's just behind him and it's this wide shot. It's just so beautifully done. The, the the graffiti scenes, like you don't do that if you don't know about cinematography. Mm -hmm. And I just I think it's a very underrated aspect of the film because people don't appreciate that those things are so intertwined with each other. But the cinematography for and me does and the it and so well. There's part of part of cinematography. I think that I think this one is this one knows and uses to its best advantage is color is a lot of yes. of importance of, of a particular shot they there is so many themes and callbacks that that they do with the colors Absolutely. that that they love being able to kind of put that at the at the forefront for example whenever 
uh, going back to that scene where Peter meets Miles and, and their spider senses go off, Miles has a prouder color scheme. Yeah. Spider-Man has his Spider-Man blue, red and blue. Whenever he tells him, I, I, I know you're scared, I'm going to be there for you and everything, you see the colors shift from green and purple to the red and bluish, signifying that this oh, is the beginning of it. Interesting. That's a great, they use, great point. Uh, they use that. There's a scene whenever uh, whatever they go into the lair and everything that for the first time, Miles is going up to the to the suits and looking it up. One of the my best, one of my favorite shots and inverse shots is whenever you see Miles and whenever he has doubts, he doesn't know that he that he can be Spider Man. When he's looking up at that suit, his eyes don't match up to the to the mask. Yeah. They're looking up to Spider Man mm-hmm. still. Whenever he's ready, whenever he's taking that leap of faith and he goes back, they're mm-hmm. eye to eye. Yeah, he's he sees. the height of the of, yeah. yeah. And so I, I think they know they they know that this one is a comic book movie. They have comic book panels in mind, and the cinematography just does it perfectly to where it matches beat for beat what a comic would feel like. The, the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, just one thing to piggyback on what he said. This was incorrectly thought of uh, at first as a goof, but kind of on what you were talking about. Miles is nearly a foot shorter than Peter Parker, yet when Miles takes one of Peter's old costumes to use as his own, it fits him perfectly. This was done intentionally by the filmmakers, meant to be an illustration of Miles' earlier conversation with Stan, the comic shop owner. Uh, Miles has grown more confident, more skillful, and more comfortable with his new powers, and is finally ready to take on the role of Spider-Man. Thus, the costume finally fits. Mm. Mm. That's good. Nice. Uh, thoughts on the script or screenplay? <laughs> There's only positive things. This yeah, is, it, for- is, it is a dense uh, screenplay. There is a lot of dialogue in this movie, and Lord and Miller uh, obviously are, are a dream team when it comes to making entertaining bits of dialogue and uh and interjecting humor where i mean maybe other writers try to do the same thing and it comes off a little overbearing or you get tired of it and theirs really doesn't uh, they're they really are experts in that field so props and, to them and for something as dense as the multiverse as multiple spider-man as the, a lot of moving pieces in, in this movie i think that the script did a great job of kind of not bogging you down with with the over explaining and everything it kept it going it it understands it's like hey we know you're not going to get everything but this is the big points and just keep moving just keep going and i think that it it benefits the movie trying to keep it on the light side of the exposition yeah sorry i didn't mean to go to cut you off but uh, this kind of ties in back to cinematography too and the fact that when you have so many characters each one with their own backstory and that you're able to keep that within two to two and a half hours long and not lose any emotional weight to it, I think it requires really good writing skill to pull that off. That is tough to do. And um, what I was mentioning was regarding cinematography, um, the art style is a callback to, I guess, cubism is what it's called. Mm -hmm. I think Um, that's right, yeah. And so that is great for contrasting many different colors and shapes together, which is what the multiverse is doing, right? You're bringing all these different styles and, and these different universes, but you're combining it in a way that really visually looks beautiful. Yeah. And so I thought that that was uh, exceptionally well done. I, I Yeah, I, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And if I could just add, for me personally, it, it's, a classic, it's a classic Spider-Man story. It has mm-hmm. all the tropes. 
in a original manner, right? And then in a different way, it's not Uncle Ben, it's Uncle Aaron, right? As right. an example. And it builds on the source material. It takes from the source material, it builds upon it, it doesn't detract. It knows where it's coming from. So again, the writers do a great job of knowing what they're writing about, where it's coming from, what their already what their target audience is, and how to attract other audiences to this mm-hmm. film. And I think you have to have a great script and it's well done. Had they done had they done just a Miles Morales like let's say they do Miles Morales's origin story comic book, like faithfully just that. Is this no, successful? No. You need Yeah. You need Peter Parker. Yeah. And you need comedy. Which feels a little bad to say. Yeah. Like Miles should be able to stand on his own, I guess, but you're right. If you're gonna appeal to mass audiences, to general audiences, you need people they recognize as a draw. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and it's not Morales' fault that there's an established exactly. f- film yeah. uh, before it. So That's right. calling back onto that itself, the multiverse aspect. Uh, again, great script. They knew what they were doing. The fact that we have more coming, I yeah. mean, that, that's I think and, can... and even in the comics, it, it was it, it was that aspect. Mm-hmm. He came in because Peter Parker also dies mm-hmm. in that particular universe. I but there's an uh, absence of Parker. In the in the comics, right? You know? Exactly, and it's he's, just he's him. just dead. Yeah, right. No, he. There's no interaction between them. He literally just dies, and now he has to go figure out what he needs to do now one with thing, his powers. One thing that I think we can all agree on is that the use of comic panels in a movie Ooh, was better done in Hulk by Ang Lee. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I've never seen that movie, and I have no intention. Scott, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim might have done it better. Oh, oh that's Scott a Pilgrim good, really good one. Good movie. Movie. This movie reminded me of Scott Pilgrim because of that. One, I hated that. Movie. We need to do an Edgar Wright she movie. Spot, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, she did not like that. Well, movie she at has all. she has poor taste. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, yeah, I like your taste, baby. <laughs> but it, it did remind me of Scott Pilgrim a lot, and that's a great film. No offense, Juana. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, it, it's it's great. It's a, it's a great film. Yep. So I don't know if Stephen has any thoughts on script screenplay before I, I I say my piece about it. No, go ahead. Uh, so. All I'll say is I, I really, really appreciate and love the attention to detail in the story. Uh, there's so many little details that they thought of to include, and they're hidden throughout mm-hmm, the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, references, callbacks, Easter eggs, color choices, even like Josh, you were describing about how there's so much to look for in this movie. And I'm just like, wow, I'm, I'm constantly amazed when I'll read things that they thought of. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we got to the sequel for this movie and I'm reading before and after the movie and all these things that happened in the first one that I hadn't noticed, but they're important now for the sequel. It's like, wow, yeah. props to them for, for that job <laughs> they did. I have a question now that you mentioned that. Um, so when they're doing the, I'm, uh, let me do this, you know, and they do their character introduction. Uh, they have some scenes there that look like they were taken from some of the live action movies or inspired by did you guys call yeah. catch that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's that's, that's, that's intentional yeah. those are the references that, yeah. he's talking about yeah okay so we're supposed to believe that the peter parker who died at the beginning was the same no. No. peter parker no. who did you know, all of those things i have a neck drop no. i have a neck drop do you want me to drop it now yeah, because I, I think we'll I know what otherwise. you're going to answer. The egg, the egg is percolating, so, so he has to drop so direct, <laughs> the directors actually had in mind that they were going to, instead of Chris Pine, they were going to use Tobey Maguire. Mm. As, okay, as see, the I don't like Spider. that you dropped that egg yet. I, oh, I was saving that oh, one. No. <laughs> you did not go where I thought you were going. <laughs> I like it. But they, they wanted to avoid confusion that they, want, they didn't want you, they wanted it to be a reference to the movies, but they didn't want you to believe that this was actually the same 
the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Exactly. So because of he's that, they, they avoided not to not Smart. to use Sp- uh, Tobey Maguire. And he's blonde, exactly. That's right. Yeah. So it was good that they did that. But it's just a reference, that's all. Yeah, it's just... That- it's just uh, they know how popular Spider-Man is. They know you see him all the time, so it was poking fun at that. It was fun. Scene. It was funny. Not everything has to be in the same canon, Steven. Jeez. <sighs> just relax. It's a multiverse. I, I'd say one yeah. little thing. Literally, I'm the one who's being the quietest on this pod. Literally, it's the multiverse. everyone's attacking me for everything I said. Right. Steven no, and I do want to talk about the... I, I do want to talk about a, a note of the script. I remember that I, I was talking to you about this at some point. I don't know if you remember, Steven, that you said that you put Spider-Man 2 above because you want to... You, you, you think something that makes Spider-Man Spider-Man is the man behind the mask over, over Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I loved about this script is that it made such a good... good um, a good way to to put the miles at the forefront using the multiple spider-man there that that it would it, it still could have very easily been a very uh easter egg heavy just fan service sort of animated movie but they use the script introducing all of these different versions of spider-man of saying this is how you should be this is what you need to do this is what what the spider-man mm. is to put at the forefront that miles needs to do things his own way mm, and, I, like and I love the themes of rep- the, the 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 essay that he has to write of great expectations mm-hmm. is the re- is kind of like a foreshadow of the movie itself yeah, it's exactly. kind of like what this is what everybody expects of me Right. But what am I gonna do? Yeah. And and for and in me, the, and in the beginning when he's with uh, Uncle Aaron, he writes no expectations on the wall. Did yeah, you guys catch that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so he does have a change of heart by the end of it. Now yep. he's got expectations. Yep. His own. Okay. So real quick, let's talk about the music, the score, because I, I feel like that's a critical component of this You're movie. You're a sunflower. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go first and quick because I'm not a musically attuned person. Um, but yes, obviously, the the music is alive throughout the film. Um, I think a lot of kids identify; they feel their miles because they're like, "I'm that guy. I, I do that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think what a great way of music and great music choice in general. I mean, again, I'm not, I don't know the songs, but I recognize them. Like, mm-hmm. Even the older hip hop songs, like I just, just not my thing. But oh yeah, that's that one song. It, yeah. it just works with the flow of the film. Exactly. It's just yeah. done. I, I I echo your sentiments. I the music specifically doesn't mean anything to me but it fits so well in this movie in my opinion i mean it, it really it really and even the sequel i mean they've just nailed it with yeah. all the music choices. Yes. And, and something that i like about this one is not only the soundtrack that they use where they put in these licensed soundtrack uh, music pieces and everything but the score itself mm-hmm. of the move of the movie is is so perfect and well thought out about it in fact the 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 composer Daniel Pemberton I think yeah, is yeah Pemberton. Daniel Pemberton he um, he influ- he used so much of of the aspects of of Miles Morales and put it into the into the score itself the the little tap whenever mm-hmm. he's whenever he's uh, uh, doing his mural and everything and there's like a little uh, beat drop in the back where it's like tapping 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 it's actually like uh, shaking the can, shaking yeah the spray can. shaking the the spray cans. Whenever there's like a, a drum beat to kind of give it a more uh, real sound, he put newspaper coverings over it, uh, over the drums, and so it kind of gives it that sort of different vibe with it. He he made the whole score 
and then went uh, and got it mixed up on the on a turntable and everything with the record scratches and everything to infuse it the whole hip-hop brooklyn aspect of it and, and it's just i think yeah the the soundtrack is is perfect like i i do love the the songs that they use the the licensed songs that they use but the score i think is it really shines through there's there's themes to to the spider-man theme Cue there's Prowler themes song. to the the prowler to miles i'm not doing it again oh, man. <laughs> and, and how Steven. he uses even the multiverse part of it where where there's a spider-man theme that that kind of repeats whenever it has to do with spider-man whenever it's introducing a different version of spider-man each one of them plays with their own different version of it and, and kind of uh, giving that sort of aspect, that world building to to a, a character that, honestly, a lot of the other Spider-Man are minor characters, and even then, were so thought out of how the score kind of highlights their their aspects to it. And I, I love the music into this uh, into this movie. Mm-hmm. Nice, thanks, Josh, Brian, Stephen. Honestly, my main takeaway is when the score does its work, it does its job, then it's a success. Number one, it's memorable. It has memorable pieces of music. And number two, it evokes the emotion that the scene calls for. It's not in contrast with it or, or leading you in a different direction. It all, like Saul said, it flows because it fits. And I think that that's the mark of real success. And then when you add in all the other details that Josh mentioned too, then it just deepens your appreciation for it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I... I'm going to go ahead and skip special effects and wardrobe. I mean, this is an animated movie, so <clears throat> I don't think there's anything what I, what worth, I saw, worth talking about there. What I saw was more than 500 people were on the team for visual effects yeah. for this movie. Yeah. There's a very heavy yeah. visual effects 200, team. 240 but, in the animation department. But that's, So I, I have a number for animators. It's a little bit different, but I had that in my egg drops for later. But yeah, it was a tremendous amount of work, this movie, yeah. for sure. And they all deserve major props. Absolutely. Gotta watch the credits. <laughs> In the mood for delicious spider wings, spider burgers, or spider pizza? Well, bring the whole family down to TGI Spidey's, New York's newest themed restaurant. Business is booming, and the wait might be long, but everyone always fits. Eventually. TGI Spidey's. Remember, with great ability comes great tasteability. All right, let's jump to winners and losers. We're count ourselves. <laughs> Best performance of the movie, Saul. Man, another tough question. You, you, I, you're, I, you're prepared for this. You I, can do I, it. Yes. I, as I, tough as this is, the worst one is going to be. I don't. I didn't, I didn't even pick one. <laughs> uh, I think generally for people, you might think Shamik for Miles. But I gotta, That's who I had. I got to go with Jake Johnson. Mm. I'm a. I'm biased. I love Jake Johnson. I love everything he does. You know, I, I identify myself as Nick Miller. Um, <laughs> so when we do New Girl in the future, um, when we branch out into TV, branch out into TV yeah. what, what was his alter ego? I can't remember. Uh, Julius Pepperwood. Yeah, Pepperwood. Yeah, that was. I liked him. Um, but for me, again, bringing back the way he speaks again, because I was informed on how he, he is as a person, not just an actor. So the way he just brings this older, fatter, <laughs> lazier Spider-Man to life with like no confidence and yet all the confidence in the world at the same time, right? Yeah. Uh, that for me, he just sold his. Uh, he sold it well. And last thing, underrated might be uh, Jefferson Davis. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah, the dad. I think he low key does a really good oh, job. Yeah. He does do a great yeah. job. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that uh, Liev Schreiber was Wilson Wilson Fisk. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for jo- me, Josh, best performance for me. It's Shamik. Shamik Moore as Miles Morales is just it, it, whenever everybody knows from the comics that Miles is not a lovable character. People were not happy whenever he was coming through, and to be able to influence a, a hate a character like that and now make him one of the most lovable characters one of the most popular characters in, in media culture it, it shows how much he loved doing that that role and he I, i'm from what i hear he infused so much personality into it like of his personal aspects into that role where they just kind of gave him a blank state you're building miles Morales. you you get this character and you do run with him and I mean, he he stole the show for me. He he is perfect as as Miles Morales. Awesome. Oh man, it sucks going after these two because like, <laughs> what more can I even say? You know. Anyways, I picked Shamik Moore also, and uh, my reasoning for it is that uh, he has to go through a wide range of emotion during the course of the film, and he has to do it voice acting, and he sells it really really well. But Jake Johnson was my number two pick because. The nurturing tone of his voice and the way he comes across is so natural and so... I don't even think he's really acting at that point. He's he's basically just pretending he is already Peter B. Parker and he's saying the lines as he normally would. And I think that... I don't know if that... I mean, should I give him props for not acting? You know? (laughs) Or does he act so well you can't even tell? I guess the casting director would deserve props. Really get the... (laughs) They're the ones that get the props. Yeah. Steven, best performance. Shamik. Shamik Moore. That's it. Man, so I had, I did not have Shamik Moore. Uh, one of mine I think you guys will like, and then the other one you guys are going to laugh at me. So I had Brian Tyree Henry as Jefferson Davis as okay. my pick for best performance. That's I, fair. I, yeah, I that's good. I loved his, yeah. his work. Yeah, I did he's, like him too. He's fantastic. Uh, my my second choice was Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, a, good, a great choice. I Man, love Nick Cage. I, I yeah. thought that was so much fun yeah. in this movie. I don't know if you know, but Amazon is working on a noir TV show, a Spider-Man yeah, noir. I, I just about read that. about that yeah. today. Yeah. He's in talks. Nicholas Cage really? is in talks to be that one. I, lo- I love that when uh, he gets introduced, uh, Spider-Man noir, and then uh, Peter B. Parker goes, where's that wind coming from? <laughs> yeah. We're in the basement. <laughs> I love that. Wherever yeah. I go, the wind follows. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Worst performance. I, I don't... There, there I, is an answer to this question. Okay, Saul doesn't know. I, Josh? I, I, I don't have one. I mean, Chris Pine, I guess. Oh, my how God. Da- how dare you? How dare you? That man died a hero. Worst performance because of how little he gave us. And I felt like his volume was a little low, maybe. You That's think so? I felt like I had a hard really? time hearing him. Uh, but I'm I'm nitpicking. I I don't. Yeah. I just picked. Dude, right. I don't. I don't Josh, know what your answer is going to yeah, be. I, I mean, maybe well, I don't know what the obvious answer is here. Maybe <laughs> there is one. Tombstone because he just doesn't really have anything. He's just there. He's don't you just... dare say a scorpion. Or okay, something. Brian. Yeah, I was gonna say scorpion. Yeah, <laughs> just because his his political lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's but he's just he's not a big <laughs> presence. <laughs> I don't know. I, I to have a legit answer, I really am not sure. Okay, Stephen, I don't have an answer. I thought that everybody did real yeah. well in this movie. That's hard. Uh, the correct answer is Mexican Scorpion, 
I can't understand a you lot of what he says and I speak Spanish. <laughs> you racist. I, I swear, this last time I'm like, I don't understand what he's saying. We're finally mm. seen on the big Spanish. screen. We're finally seen on the big screen and, and Andy tries to shut us down. He Matt says, Gargan, no. That's his name, right? Matt Gargan? <laughs> Matt Gargan. The, as but, the Scorpion? He's he's Latino. Like, that's... I think that's how he's written. Well, Is he not? Or no? Gonna hate. Gonna hate. I, I, do I, I have that wrong? In the comics, he's... Not Latino, I, I think. Sometimes he is. Yeah. He's been portrayed. Because even in the MCU. They did make it Latino. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Gargan is not a, a Latino last name. <laughs> Gargan. Gargan. You're saying it wrong. <laughs> Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson says Gargan, okay? <laughs> uh, best line. Okay, this one's going to be tough because mm. we could just quote the whole movie. Oh, my God. So, I already gave mine. Let, let, <laughs> I'm not ready for God. Yeah, let, thanks, Stephen. <laughs> let's let's tighten it up. And just to be fair, let's go the other way. Stephen already said his. Let's start with Brian, so that Brian doesn't have all his answers stolen. Best line. Let's oh let God. let's let's keep it tight here. Tight, tight, tight. The okay. I'm not gonna quote the entirety of Jefferson Davis's speech, but I'm just gonna say God that's what it is. Dang it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> outside the door, dorm room. Outside the door, exactly. That's but I also really like when he says. Uh, with great ability comes great accountability. <laughs> That's not how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Josh? Yeah. I mean, that that was one of the ones that, that I had as well. I had the Stan Lee line. I do like a lot of the line as well whenever he, whenever he, Miles is scared and he, he doesn't know when to go and he, he asked him, when will I know I'll, I'll be ready? You won't. It's a leap of faith. I think is a good a good line as well. So that was that was on my list. I, I wrote down five of them, and that was one of them in consideration for me. So I, I have to go with. Let me see where I lost. Sometimes I like matches down to my fingertips <laughs> just to feel something. <laughs> I also down, wrote and that. And he's just like, oh. Yeah. I, I I also wrote that one. Uh, it was so great. I I like that that pick. So, I, I'm going to read two. Uh, the first one, it was not, but I just thought it was funny. When Miles is at Peter's funeral, and he says, they're counting on me. And some Wait, random oh, guy in the background says, probably not you specifically. I think it's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my, my, my favorite, my, or my opinion for best, best line of the movie is at the very end, where Miles says, anyone can wear the mask. You yes. can wear the mask. If you didn't know that before, I hope you do now. That is great. And I just like how that is a, uh, a metaphor for the whole movie. Yep. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was that that the is the best line in yeah. my opinion. Also, um, the other one that I had just kind of second um, was the Einstein line at the beginning. Time is relative. So <laughs> technically, I'm not oh really, yeah, I thought that was <laughs> you guys are early. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Worst line, Saul. Oh man, I don't have time with word. I don't. Another one where I I'm not sure if I I don't think I I figured out which one I would pick for that. I worst line. I have no. Okay, yeah. see Josh shaking his head. He does mine, not have... Mine is when Miles tries to speak Spanish. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I guess I understand to an extent, maybe, because, you know, younger generations don't pick up all the Spanish that their parents do, but... Brian's uh, mm, like, not in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stephen, worst line. Uh, I thought it was... I don't know if it's the worst line, but when uh, Scorpion goes, Puerco, what are you? Some kind of silly cartoon? And then they go, you got a problem with cartoons? <laughs> you got a problem with that line? <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's a, a valid valid choice, Stephen. Uh, for me, it was when Spider-Ham uh, asked Miles, can you float through the air when you smell a delicious pie? 
Oh my gosh, that was bad. Yeah, it, it's like, how does that help you in a fight? Because <laughs> he does oh, it. I know, but there has to be pie in the area for him to be able to fly. There basically. was one. <laughs> it, it just, it, that's worse like. Okay, out of all the people involved in this movie, cast and crew, who deserves to be remembered most for this movie? This is a tough one always to answer. So, Saul, you get the to, to bat first. I already gave my answer. Shamik Moore? Jake Johnson. Oh, Jake Johnson. That's, Jake Johnson. I mean, if, literally, if you look at his career right now, the man's popping off. <laughs> he's directing. He's he's doing all these things. Like he, he's he's in his prime right now. He's mm, he's mm-hmm. he's hitting it off. Okay, that's my answer as well. I because if my favorite performance was Shamik Moore, but remembered most, it has to be Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, just because. He he is he has, his voice is such a nurturing voice. It's so you, it has such a wariness. It's tired, but he has such a caring undertone and, and underneath the performance. And I thought it was I thought it was a very good performance that that he gave for Peter Parker. But I also wanted to shout out all the animators that probably got overworked during this during production oh, of this movie. Absolutely. They they were hard on this movie and it shows winners and losers yeah. winners because they did the work but losers because no one remembers their name yeah, yeah. No, so yeah. shout out to all those animators because yeah. uh, they they knocked it out mm-hmm. brian who deserves to be remembered so i had a tie between shamik moore and the dynamic duo of lord and miller and because in my opinion they had to put in the most work shamik moore had not a whole lot to go off of as far as Miles's personality. And so he's the one that has to bring it. And not only that, he has to, again, he had the widest range of emotion throughout the movie. And then Lord and Miller had to take a script that had so many different components and essentially make it to where not only does it make sense, but it's entertaining. And not only is it entertaining, but it's entertaining for people of all ages. Hmm. And that is such a spectacular skill. Man, I wish I could write like that. So... I'm I'm tied between those two. Fair, thank you, Stephen. Um, I would say all the animators. I know it's not fair, but they're not getting the recognition that they deserve, truly. And uh, I think that they, without their visual flair for this movie, it's not the same. No. Mm-hmm. Right. For me, my answer was Shamik Moore, um, and there's no reason to expand on that. Who should be forgotten? <laughs> Saul. I have no idea. Tombstone, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was saying. That Tombstone. was mine, dang it. Gosh. <laughs> you know, Tombstone's power is that he's not supposed to feel any pain exactly. or anything, right? Dude gets knocked out by Aunt May. Yeah. It's like, what the heck, man? Yeah. You're not even a good bodyguard. Just get out of here. <laughs> that was, that was. I, I wrote down Tombstone as he should be forgotten because of how he was written and portrayed. But unfortunately, who was forgotten was Genki. <laughs> that's true yeah you didn't even remember him did you until i brought him up yeah no i did not <laughs> i would say who should be forgotten is uh probably uh whoever it's not even gonna be funny <laughs> Never i could tell that's what he was going for oh i knew it i was just yeah. waiting for the punchline yeah. no worries Let, oh let's just move on God. to the next one okay my answer mexican scorpion <laughs> here we go again with okay the hate, you, man. You, you can just say scorpion you don't have to say mexican this is not the scorpion i grew up with <laughs> so therefore i have to identify him as mexican scorpion that's like me saying my favorite spider-man is the white spider-man yeah 
It and look at the be. way Steven looks at me. It could be. Yes. Don't forget about Black uh, Black Panther. My favorite my favorite <laughs> Spider-Man is Mexican Spider-Man Miguel O'Hara. Ooh. No, it's not. Actually. Even in Across? Actually. Even in Across the Spider-Verse, he's still your favorite? No. <laughs> Wait until he redeems himself. No, even the comics, he's oh no. Oh. Character. He's <laughs> yeah. not that great. All right, guys. His suit's cool, but that's yeah. Let's jump ahead to egg drops. This is where we'll talk about Easter eggs, little-known facts, foreshadowing, symbolism. These guys brought a basket with them, just okay. so you know. Yeah. A trillion. We're, we're not going to do that today. <laughs> Saul, we'll, we'll start with you. What, what do you have as far as egg drops from this movie? There's a lot. The only one that I really liked from the beginning that I caught was the graffiti when he does his outline in the wall mm-hmm. with his on, on the mural yeah, and, yeah. It's, and it's just black mm-hmm. so you kind of you know oh he's the black suit mm-hmm. that's what i read from it i don't know if it's but that's how i saw it oh he's gonna be you know miles morales spider-man he's gonna wear the black suit mm-hmm. he's gonna fill in that empty space and the other one I already mentioned real quick because of the sequel the prowler spidey sense tingly color change when i read about that that one was like blew my mind mm-hmm. yeah the, the attention to detail the, the way they thought about all the stuff Steven? Uh, I just had a couple. Uh, one of them is that if you hit pause anytime a train goes by, all the animators wanted to animate Stan Lee, so you'll see Stan Lee on that train multiple nice. times. I had That's that also. Cool. I tried it one time and I didn't get it and I didn't try it again. <laughs> Classic Andy. Classic Andy. The other one that I have, and I don't know if you guys saw this version, but the Blu ray has an alternate universe cut, which is actually longer. It adds. Uh, alternate scenarios for certain scenes, and it extends the runtime to two hours and twenty-three minutes from the original one hour fifty-seven minutes. Wow, that's a lot longer. I'm wow. gonna watch it. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Josh. So one of my favorite Easter eggs about this has to do with with the way the animation works. So I don't uh, in any animation world, mm. typically whenever what to save time to kind of save uh, uh, manpower. They animate on twos, is what it's called. Oh, so, yeah. so every every two frames, it's a new animation. And in the scene where Spider-Man, where Miles Morales and Peter are are going to Alchemex and they're trying to steal the the data, um, Miles is animated on twos, but Peter is animated on ones, meaning a new anim- a new frame every second. So it gives him a smoothness mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Whenever uh, Miles gets the hang of it, whenever he's getting into the flow of swinging. They transition go from going to twos to ones, smoothing out Miles Morales nice. and making him be more in line that he's becoming Spider-Man. I like that. Um, I also saw that 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 little beat of uh, Mary Jane and Peter B. Parker divorcing was actually a story beat from Spider-Man Four, the the canceled Sam Raimi project. The that he that he wanted to, to go uh, have them divorce, have them go through that storyline. That was one of them. Um, Something that whenever you notice with the other Spider-Man, whenever they come in, again, going into animation, each one of them is animated in sort of an influence according to, to what they're going for. So Spider-Man Noir, very heavy on the, on the darks, very heavy on the, on the shadows. The Penny mm-hmm. Parker, very heavy on the anime influence. In fact, whenever they're even fighting and everything, it follows a lot of the anime rules along with her. And the same with uh, Peter Parker, Spider Ham. He also follows along. <laughs> so it's like the it, Looney it Tunes style. The Looney Tunes style. So yeah. the animators, again, huge shout out to them. They they really looked at the little details and everything yeah. about that. Awesome. Thanks. I love that name, Peter Porker. <laughs> <laughs> that is a gem. <laughs> Brian. 
Okay, so uh, there's I have a few that I'm I think that you guys have caught. Um, Uncle Aaron's apartment. You know, on the TV screen, you have Donald Glover in the uh, episode of Community, which I think is cool. And of course, he's Uncle Aaron in the MCU, so that's neat. In his apartment, also, you see above his couch the uh, the painting of the Panther with the word Prowler uh, there as well. I mean, that's like the very first Interesting. time. Interesting, I didn't catch that. Yeah, the very first time we see Uncle Aaron, he's sitting right under that painting. So if you don't know he's a Prowler by then, then. Man, these scriptwriters so cool. Jokes on you, I guess. <laughs> uh, so there's that, and then I also have that at the very beginning when Peter Parker, the one that dies, is telling his story, and we hear, you know, the famous line of "With great power comes great responsibility." That's actually Cliff Robertson mm-hmm. from the Tobey Maguire, uh, Sam Raimi movies. I thought so. Huh. Yes, I, I had read that. But they had to pull that audio since he had passed away by the mm-hmm. time this came out. And then you have the number forty-two which is significant. Uh, it's the number of the spider that bites Miles. And um, also, whenever he's first trying out his powers and he falls off that building, uh, the numbers four and two land next to him also. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. So I, I have a bunch here, and I will probably try to skip the ones that are least important uh, so that we're not doing this forever. But you guys <laughs> touched on a lot of them that I, I really liked. Uh, completing the animation took 180 animators, the largest crew ever used by Sony. It can take animators one week to do four seconds of the movie. Because of how sophisticated wow. some of the animation was, in yeah. some cases it took them a month to do four seconds. Wow. Can so, you imagine? Wow. That kind of reminds yeah. me of that scene. You guys seen Parks and Rec? Yeah. yeah. Ben with his stop motion project. Oh yeah. That is, one of, <laughs> that is one of the funniest things I've seen in that show. And it's just so funny so how it's like, is that it? Chris is oh like, is that gosh. it? Because he was working on it for literally yeah. like, what was it? A week or two? That yeah, he, a week or two. I so, think, yeah. so how Hilarious. long did they work on this film? Man, I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if you I don't know the up. total. It's years, and yeah. that's why now knowing how long and how arduous that process is, I'm not mad because originally after they said after this one came out, I'm ready for the sequel. And they're like, it'll come out in you know x x years or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's too long. It's an animated movie. Why does it take that long? <laughs> You know, Jeez. and then now, now I understand. The, is there the a way for them to speed this process up? The no. disrespect AI. to these animators. <laughs> AI is going to help, guys. Don't well, worry. and it doesn't help that they want changes done last minute, last yeah. second, even. Yeah. Yeah. Little AI, things to add. Less people will work on this, so less people will get jobs, and it'll be faster. It won't be better, <laughs> but it'll be out faster. It's not going to be better. It's not going to be good. People will lose their jobs. <laughs> okay, so with Lily Tomlin playing Aunt May in this movie, all four actresses to portray Aunt May in a movie are Academy Award nominees. Mm-hmm. Rosemary Harris, Sally Field, Marissa Tomei being the other three. Wow. Miles <laughs> takes his leap of faith by jumping across the Trust Us Bank. Ah. Two, wow. two years after its release, five of the voice actors in this movie joined the actual MCU. Mahershala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Katherine Hahn, Haley Steinfeld, and Oscar Isaac. Mm. Cool. When all of the spiders are sharing their stories of loss, Spider-Ham shares the story of his uncle Frankfurter, who was electrocuted <laughs> but smelled delicious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It got laughs during early views, but the movie make- makers took it out because uh, it took away from the heaviness of the scene. Oh, yeah. Okay. But in the epilogue, Spider-Ham is seen eating a hot dog in front of Uncle Frankfurter's restaurant. <laughs> that's so that's why in that funny. scene originally says, everybody loses somebody, because they cut yeah. you know, what his original line was. That is funny. I thought that was funny. 
This version of Kingpin is over eight feet tall and seven feet wide. Jesus. Wow. Which is amazing. I've never seen a tall Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> An early draft of the script ended with a cameo from Doctor Strange, but presumably had to be removed for legal reasons. Hmm. Okay. This is James Gunn's favorite superhero film. Yes, wow. Sir. Understandable. Believe it. Yeah. This was an interesting one. Have any of you guys ever asked why Miles doesn't have Jefferson Davis' last name? No. I, I, I've been interested in that, but I never looked into I've it. I've wondered that forever, and I finally got an answer. So none of it is explored in the movie, but in the comic in comic book history, there's an explanation for it. So according to comic book writer Brian Michael Bendis, mm-hmm. Miles uses his mother's last name because his dad was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and wanted to keep Miles safe. By the time Jefferson was no longer an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Miles was too old to change his name. Now that's interesting. Yeah. So that's comic book history. I don't know if that's the version of Miles we get and that's the explanation in these movies. Hmm. I doubt it. But just I was I had never found an answer and I'd always wondered why. Hmm. In this in this uh, version of it, he's probably his stepdad and not his biological dad. Uh, I, yeah, be. that could be. So early on, Miles says that leaving... Or maybe the proud Latino is like, nah, I gave birth, came from my body, Morales. And (laughs) and Jefferson Davis like, yo, I get it. It's all you, babe. (laughs) Whatever you want. Could be. Okay, and then last one. Early on, Miles says that leaving his shoes untied is a choice, representing his irresponsible nature. This causes him to break the goober when he trips over his own shoelaces. When he commits later to the responsibility of being Spider-Man, we see his shoes are tied. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's really, so cool. Yeah. Good uh, ones. Good ones. Yeah. I like those. It's Thank the you. little things that really add to how rich the story is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tie your shoelaces. <laughs> that's yes. that is our PSA for the movie, guys. Tie your shoelaces. <laughs> Be responsible. All right, Castaway. Who was almost cast in this movie? We've already Josh already told us one, which and it's the only one that I found actually that Tobey Maguire was originally going to be considered for the role of Peter Parker mm-hmm. that was taken by Chris Pine, um, but they figured it would be confusing. Uh, I learned John Krasinski was also considered, but I think Chris Pine was really good, and no, I would have he, loved to see. I would love to see a, a Chris Pine animated Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I. I in the few minutes he's in, I love that Spider-Man. He was so cool. He nails the he nails the quips pretty good too. Yeah. Whenever he's fighting, yeah, I you agree. know Goblin and yep, Prowler, hundred percent. Yeah, um, actor swap. So for this one, it's if you would change any of the actors with in the movie or from outside into this movie. I know, I know you, Andy's answer. Usually I have something uh, for this. I and wonder it, if your answer is my answer. <laughs> so no, no, you so say it first. I don't have anything this time because it's an animated film, so. Yeah. Dang, so you think that has no bearing on this then? Mm-hmm. As if voice acting isn't as difficult as acting. I can pick, I can take a different actor He's a and just throw him in there, but God does it really knows. change the movie that much? Yes. Really. It yes. changes it. It definitely changes it. Uh, yeah. Steven is Steven is like if Peter B. Parker not talking about Steven. Say what you're like, gonna if say, Peter Josh. B. Parker was Jack Nicholson, I think it doesn't change it at all. <laughs> it's like no. It's no. all the same. So Morgan Freeman very slow. <laughs> <laughs> Peter uh, Andy Andy wants a white actor to play uh, Scorpion. It <laughs> 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 seems like it. Seems any, like any, any white person. Any white person. any white person. Um, <laughs> would you be okay with what what if it was Michael Mann though? That, I think that'd be cool, right? That'd be super cool. I mean, he's the MCU, you know, Scorpion. Matt Gargan, but yeah. I mean, I think I think that would work. I don't think it would affect the the story any. 
other than Andy would still complain that it's Mexican Scorpion. <laughs> can we All get right, somebody I, who can actually enunciate to play Scorpion? <laughs> All right, 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 I'm going to change it up real quick. <laughs> would you accept Yvonne as Gwen? As no, because she's too old. I would be aware of it the whole time. I would be easy on the call in her role. What about as Aunt May? She's too hot to be Aunt May. <laughs> Yo, yeah, she's too, old too hot for the other. I'd be like, why am I turned on by this old lady? <laughs> oh my god! How much are you editing out? None of that. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, well, I, I didn't have one. Uh, I'm only gonna ask this question to Steven because he's the only one who ever participated. Yes. Do you have a, a line? Do you want to say a line from this movie as a different actor or character? I thought it'd be cool if we uh, brought some Batman into this. Okay. You know, superhero movie. Okay. So bring. I can't do Kevin Conroy, unfortunately. So I'm gonna do uh, Christian Bale's Batman Begins version of Batman. Okay. okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. And the uh, this is when Uncle Aaron is dying. <clears throat> no, Miles. I'm sorry. I wanted you to look up to me. I let you down. Man, I let you down. You're the best of all of us, Miles. You're on your way. Just, just keep going. Just keep going. Man, that was good. That is the best one you've done by far. That was so good. You think so? I would watch that movie. Oh, nicely done, dude. Thank you for that. That was was good. All right, guys, we, we've arrived at the hit or take. Some people's favorite stuff, some people just don't get it. By some people, you mean just like us right yeah, here? I, th- I think we're the only ones who really, really love it, but I, I love it. Um, Maybe just us three, not even Josh and Salud. Uh, these were a little hard for me because I don't know enough about all the people. In That's understandable. Team, don't even worry about it. I had a, f- I tried. I tried. No, okay, thanks, so, man. So, so let's start, and we'll start on this side of the room now okay. for, for the OGs to do it. All right. Uh, Jacob's most hated tech of the movie. Steven? Uh, most hated tech, I'm going to say that, that uh, the, what do you call it? The machine that actually creates the, the, the collider, the, the super collider, collider, the super collider. Yes, I'm gonna say that. I say that that he would he would detonate himself to keep that thing from existing. <laughs> he's, actually, he's, he's like strapping himself to like a hundred C4 units and just saying, "Hell no!" Yeah, Boom. <laughs> this thing's malfunctioning already. I actually That's my did. Answer. I did write down the collider because I just imagined him, like, I don't know, like, getting out of work and then his frontier just blows up into this <laughs> multidimensional thing and he's like, freaking thing, God. But uh, but I also had maybe the goober because of how easy it breaks. That's exactly then, what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. And then also um, Olivia Octavia's computer with the super long password. <laughs> if, he to, if he had to type that in yeah. every time, he's, yeah. he's like, like you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Yeah, forget. Who creates freaking long passwords like this? <laughs> you forgot the ampersand in character eight. Uh, Saul, did you have one for Jacob? I just picked the collider. Too. The collider. Just, that's the yeah. only piece of tech that I thought maybe, or yeah. the tech in the cave, I thought maybe he would have been like, an elevator down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just use a regular garage. What the heck is all this? <laughs> all right, Stephen. Edgar's item of the movie that was too expensive to buy at retail. The super collider. <laughs> If somebody told him, hey, dude, you could get, like, alternate demand, you can go in and, like, meet your... All, he, he, I don't know if he'd be interested in that, but even if he was, he'd be like, yeah, I'm not paying billions of dollars for this. Mm-hmm. Brian? I wrote down, actually, the uh, tuition for Visions Academy. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot even imagine what that costs. 
And I mean, Miles just manages to get in, but I'm sure you still have to pay for maybe like your own books and stuff or whatever. And uh, yeah, E is gonna be like, is you sure there's not like a public <laughs> public school? Public school, you you know, you can go to Evan where you can still get a good education. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a good one, Josh. I was thinking of the suit. Like, I know it's a touching moment, Stanny. It always fits. And then Edgar's like, no. <laughs> That's a good one. The return policy yeah. does not satisfy me. I picked the suit as well. That is a great answer. I put the super collider. Uh, Kingpin definitely overpaid. Edgar would wait for Gen 2, so all the bugs are worked out. And then he would wait for Gen 2 to go on sale. <laughs> That's really good. Okay, so what is my favorite vacation spot from the movie, Steven? Uh, just, I'd say New York in general, because that's the only place that seemed kind of normal. Um, but I don't, I, there, I didn't see like a spot where it's like, oh yeah, Andy's definitely spending a week there. Okay. Uh, I, I wrote down the, uh, the campus of Alchemex, because it's kind of like in the woods, it's really nice and pretty. Yeah, Andy yes. doesn't like the woods. There's, there's free bagels. Uh, the bagels are good. I don't like the woods, though. <laughs> They're bears in the woods. But the, the facility itself is so nice and futuristic, contrast with the nice outdoor setting around it. I think it's pretty cool, That's minus fair. all the bad stuff that happens. That's fair. Now, Josh? I, mean, I was just thinking of Brooklyn in general. You know, get get some good food spots, kind of hang around in the city a bit. You know, I, I know you like Brooklyn. Uh, not a great answer, but okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> I figured you'd try to go where you couldn't go, so another dimension. I figured oh, okay. hey, my spot, I'd try to get in that collider and see Heck where it no. takes me. That's, so, a, that's so, a clever answer. Yeah, the question is which dimension? If you had to use one and, of the characters. I, Andy wouldn't do it because then he wouldn't know if he could get back, and that's the problem. I yeah. think he would just go to Peter B. Parker's because it would be the most normal one to him. <laughs> so he wouldn't have to worry about it being too crazy like 1943 or something. Or spider hands. Or spider hands. <laughs> he wouldn't go there. No, no. He would not be able to. What, it, what is yeah. the answer? Uh, TGI Spidey's. <laughs> oh my gosh. The failed restaurant? Yes. Failed restaurant. <laughs> and did it fail in Peter Parker's? And what did I just say? Yes. I'm, I'm correct. He said it okay. was like dicey investments. He would so, go into so that universe. That, that was my jokey answer. My real answer is Peter's underground spider lair in Aunt May's backyard. Mm. Oh, that right. seems like a cool place to play video games, watch some, <laughs> watch some movies, you know. The ultimate alone. cave. Yeah. You have no cell phone reception down there. No one's bothering you. <laughs> There's got to be good Wi-Fi down there. Uh, Steven, what is your OMG moment? Wait, can we say ours before or he tells them. us his? Oh, yeah. We should. Okay, yeah. yeah, let's yeah, do, yeah, yeah. You're right. Let's sure. do Steven last. When... I, I, I just picked a random one, but I think whenever Miles inadvertently rizzes, to use, you know, young lingo, um, Gwen, and makes her laugh with the, you know, with the Einstein joke, and, and she laughs, I thought Steven would be like, yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. Okay, not bad. Not bad. Josh? I mean, I thought it was the leap of faith, but after hearing the way he's bashing this movie, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what made you lose it. I don't know what to say anymore. My mine was whenever he goes, "Hey, exactly." <laughs> We're in the same train, right? There. Wait, wait. When when he does it to Gwen? When yeah. he does it to Kingpin, but <laughs> it's better because he did it to Gwen first. Oh. Yeah, you don't understand, Stephen. All right, go go. <laughs> okay, guess my, not. My, my answer was when the other Spider Men show up. So when they're in the basement, you see three more Spider Men show up. I, that was my hmm. pick. If this had been anything other than animation, then probably. What but a hater, dude. God, God, I hate that. Okay, so problem. what was That's the correct the, answer? Uh, Saul was the closest. Um, he was the closest guess, but for me, if you want the actual truth, it's the last five seconds of the movie. 
And not because it's ending, but because uh, Sunflower starts playing as he's falling asleep. And I just thought that that was just like a moment where I was just, I was not expecting something that level of cool to happen mm. in this movie. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's the fatigue of being Spider-Man, you know? Mm. And then it's just like, and the music starts playing, and he's got his mouth open, and I'm just like, yeah, that's awesome. That's cool? That's cool he's not even me. talking about how the portal opens, no. and Gwen <laughs> is like, hey, Miles, like, none of that's even important. It's him falling asleep. Yes, yeah, because it's, it's just a moment. It's a moment for me, you know? Like, this is what it's like to be Spider-Man, you know? Golly, and it's dude. so it's so relaxing. If there's one... If there's one small snippet of this movie that I'm gonna remember forever, it's that. It's Miles going Over to sleep. Over anything else, it's Miles going to sleep to that song. I gotta say, I'm I'm at least but happy. Song, Steven. Props, man. He, you got that pretty close, bro. Yeah, I figured. I'm, yeah. I'm happy he's at least you know representing the one percent of viewers and listeners no, out no. there. I'm part. I'm part of the one percent. zero 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 one percent. Yes. Okay. Caden's most likely moment to scream something out in theaters. So, man. Did you have one for this? Uh, did I have one? The thing is, I noticed mine are not in the same. Uh, well, uh, no, well, the same order. Out of it's order. going a different order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't use the official. If someone else wants to go, <laughs> I'm a rebel. Josh, you got one? I didn't. I didn't think about for it, for me. I had it as a laugh out loud moment, and it's whenever they're running away at Alchemix, and he's like, "Great news, we don't need the monitor," and he just throws <laughs> it. I think you know. Being in being in IT, yes. that made me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, that is a good choice, Stephen. For me, it's when he's making the puberty comments. I'm sure that he's like he's laughing, laughing out loud. Oh <laughs> yes, that's yeah. great. It's like, that's a good one. Did you, did I, you find yourself? I wrote anything with Peter Porker. Just <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, he would like that. Mine is a callback to a previous podcast we've done. I put, when Spider-Man is crying in the shower after his divorce, Caden would yell, <laughs> suck his fingers and he'll feel better. <laughs> I think that's getting edited. No, it's not. No, it is not. Oh, no, that was fantastic. Very nice. <laughs> his face says, yeah, never, I, that's a setup. Okay. Brian's vexing issues. So we'll do Brian last year. Uh, Saul, did you have any vexing issues in this the, movie? What was the, is that the whole question? Uh, what are some issues? Any because it's potholes. Mm-hmm. I had an answer for this, guys. I it didn't get saved for whatever reason. The only one I had that I wrote was when they randomly screamed the real names out in front of other people. Oh yeah, Miles. Yeah, and it's like yeah, they're being chased by all the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, don't it's do like, that. Uh, what? Don't use first names. But I had a really good one. I I just didn't save it, and I can't remember. Okay, Josh, what? something that that caught my eye that I, I don't know if it caught your eye, Brian, but whenever whenever um, they're sneaking into Alchemix, they're trying to steal the the data and everything. Uh, how Miles is just making the most noise throughout this sneaky scene. I know. And they're literally like right across the like, a thin window uh, wall. And it's like, yeah, nothing. Uh, nothing. Doc Ock. Yeah, King you King, you're not going to see nothing. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steven, vexing issues? Uh, very early in the movie, you have to catch it pretty quickly because it moves quick. But um, it's shown Mary Jane kissing Spider-Man upside down. And if you notice, her hair is not falling down. It stays upright which makes no sense with gravity. Of course, if she's upside down, her hair would fall down like this, but it's not. But she's not so upside it was, down. She's, she's, not, she's the one upside down. She's the one upside down. Yeah, no. meaning her hair would fall down. Are not, you sure it wouldn't it stay just up. Inversed? Like, she's upside down, but the camera is inversed. Yeah. 
<laughs> we, have, we have we have we have to go we'll, watch we'll rewatch you see we'll rewatch you see he really hates this now movie. now now we got to unvex his issue because it's not an issue steve-o we'll have to check it later okay, okay. we'll check it so uh one for me uh what happened with the rest of the fight scene at aunt may's house like we only see miles's perspective and then everybody else just shows up in the dorm room later mm. it's like did they did they call a truce and just all walk away? <laughs> Did somebody win? Did somebody lose? Like, we don't know. That's a good one. Uh, Mary Jane gets to address the city at Spider-Man's funeral, but wouldn't she be considered an accessory to vigilantism? Like, wouldn't she be arrested? Well, was Spider-Man considered a vigilante, like, uh, like running from the law at that point? In, in nah, this, the yeah, city yeah. loves him at this yeah, point. In yeah, this, in this universe, like, Jefferson Davis has his, has his qualms about Spider-Man, but... It seems as a whole, the police force was behind Spider-Man Jefferson at this point. Jefferson Davis okay. is related to Steven. Because <laughs> of how that, much of a hater hey, he is? I, I would be, I'd be proud of that. I know fact. you'd be proud. I, I would be, be proud, proud of that. He seems like a cool dude. Yeah, he does. I would buy him a beer if I saw him. If he was a real-life <laughs> cop, I'd, I'd buy him a beer. Okay, this leads to my biggest vex- vexing issue. Uh, Kingpin kills Spider-Man, and he says to get rid of the body. Uh, where did they put the body that it was immediately found and people identified Peter as Spider-Man that same night, like within a couple hours? <laughs> Just outside the door. <laughs> Presumably, Kingpin has had lots of people killed and had their bodies taken care of before. Has he always been this sloppy? Maybe. If so, how has he never been caught before? I think this one, maybe they purposely ended up, like... Even though he said that, maybe the other guy They just left like, it outside? No, the other guy's like, actually, we're going to flaunt this. And like threw his body in front of the police station or something. That, like, that was my thinking. It's like, and then how do they that know that's the real Spider-Man, not just some guy that was in a costume dressed as Spider-Man? Yeah. No. Because like, how do you prove at that point, oh, this is the real Spider-Man? Because mm. if you remember, even Kingpin holds a funeral service for him and everything in the memorial for him. In my in my mind, all they're thinking about is they totally wanted, they want people to know Spider-Man is dead. They just don't want him to be in the collider area. So they're when by taking out the body, it means like throw it outside of here. Like, like we don't care if people see it. Just don't don't yeah. put him in the in the scene of the crime. Still yeah. seems sloppy to me for, <laughs> for a seasoned pro like Kingpin. You All guys right. had you guys had some really good ones. In fact, I I think that the fact that Kingpin was able to kill this Spidey, I know he had been weakened by all the stuff he had to go through, but that was, you know, something that's like, hmm. I guess, I guess that happened. But Miles, on his first day on the job, was able to take him out. But if anything, that just goes to show how strong he is. Yeah. Let's just chalk it up to that. And then the other one Josh already mentioned, which was Aunt May beating the crap out of Tombstone. <laughs> the guy that can't feel pain. <laughs> that, to me, was just like, wow. Okay. I Well, I'm okay with it. I'll roll with it. Vexing, yes, but it's not going to make it or break it. All right, real quick. Want to chef kiss male character of the movie? My guess is it's Peter B. Parker. Peter I, B. Parker? I would think that she'd be like, oh, Miles, Miles is cute and everything, but I think her chef's kiss is Peter B. Parker. Mm. Brian? I uh, I wrote down Kingpin or Spider-Ham. <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> Josh? I had uh, I had Miles Morales because I thought it, it reminded her of a special someone. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's a fair answer. <laughs> I, had, I had the same thought process, but Jefferson Davis. Oh. oh Jefferson Davis. He is handsome. We'll have to ask her later. <laughs> I, I did uh, OG Peter Parker, played by Chris Pine, because he's okay. blonde. You know what? Because he's blonde. Uh, <laughs> he's like, her she, real answer. <laughs> I don't really think she likes blonde guys that much, but I have no idea. Okay. Iris's I Hate Kids moment. Steven? Um... I don't have one for this, to be honest. Okay, Brian. I wrote down the uh, the students at Visions Academy, and not even because they do anything, but I think it just gives her flashbacks of being in school. <laughs> it and overwhelms she, and her. She, and she's probably like, I bet these kids all suck. So, yeah. 
Josh? Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking of just Miles in general, of how annoying <laughs> he is. What the, the heck? Beginning. No, he, she doesn't hate Miles. Come it's on. Like it, in particular, my, going back to the, the sneaky scene, it's like, oh, I got this kid. <laughs> yeah, my answer is pretty close to that. So, specifically, him not answering his phone when his parents are calling. Ooh. Like, answer your phone, uh, bro. Okay, that's my, a good point. My answer was when Miles breaks the goober, and every time Miles can ever relax and unstick. <laughs> okay, breaking the goober, I could see like her getting annoyed by that. Yep. Yeah, this is a world, potential world ending event. And you have one job. <laughs> All right, nieces, that's not funny, honey. Moment, Stephen. I don't know if she would actually say that's not funny, but maybe she would take issue with it when Gwen Stacy says, "What a pig!" and Spiderham goes, "I'm right here." <laughs> I love that. I she, wrote, she she might think like, well, "Don't say it in front of Spiderham." Like, you know, yeah. oh, okay. choose choose a different animal. I actually I actually had wrote down whenever Spider Ham is introduced and he's like, I just wash my hands. That's why it's wet. I feel like instead of laughing, she's like, That's nasty. So, real quick, Easter egg, you guys know why they did that? Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh so John Mullaney apparently has very sweaty hands and since he was doing the voice work, they decided to throw that in. That's oh, funny. Cool. That's funny. Josh? I I didn't think of any uh lines like that. Uh, Peter P. Parker's backstory, where he's just breaking down and crying in the shower. <laughs> oh, okay. I think she'd be like, played, I, I played for last, but not that funny. Yeah. yeah, I wrote when Peter Porker is eating a hot dog at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not funny. <laughs> Cannibalism is not funny. Yeah. Uh, Sally's called it moment, Stephen. Uh, on this one, I was. I mean, the obvious one, which is that Miles is gonna become, you know, amazing. And basically become the the new Spider-Man for the city. Yeah, I'm saying the the ending as far as major story beats go. You know, Kingpin is defeated. The Spider-Man gets to go home. Stuff like that. I think she calls it pretty early on. But as far as something specific where no one else could call it, I had a tough time thinking of something. Yeah, because the the overall story beats that's too obvious. We know it's a, it's gonna end. It's gonna be in okay. favor of the hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Josh. I mean, the only one that I guessed is a twist, but if you're paying attention, if you know the comics, it's Aaron Davis is a Prowler. Uh, that, that I thought. That was my answer, that the Prowler is actually Uncle Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That. That's good. So I'll I, give I don't know enough about her. Yeah, that's a tough one for you. Okay, last one, Miriam-style trial. Steven? Best dressed, I'm going to give it to Mary Jane. Yeah. She like, looks really good in this mm-hmm. movie. See, I did. I missed it. I didn't pay enough attention to her. I can, I can, that's a good answer. I think so. I had picked Gwen Stacy. Josh, my, I was Mary Jane as well. Yeah, I forgot about Mary Jane. That would have been my pick, but I went with uh, um, Uncle Aaron. He was pretty uh, looking, looking fly. I wrote, I, I so I, I regret this. You guys can make fun of me. I wrote Gwen or Rio, and then now I'm thinking Rio's wearing scrubs the whole movie. <laughs> so I should have said Gwen or Mary Jane. Yeah. That would have been better. That's funny. All right, guys, last looks. Let's talk about. Uh, the sequel for this movie because there was one we know there's one more coming and there might be a fourth one coming uh what are your thoughts on the sequel to this movie it's 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 impossible to briefly discuss across the spider-verse uh as densely packed as this one was i feel like that one's even more so yeah and so uh it's difficult to briefly talk about it but i'll boil it down to it's fantastic i really loved it is it I, better? I cannot say if it's better or not. I think it does some elements better than Into, but maybe as a whole, Into is the better movie. Josh? Interesting. You know, for the longest time, I wasn't thinking that Into the Spider-Verse has, is still a, a more solid, complete movie. 
and, and I do think that across uh, it, it ends up being a, a cliffhanger movie. Yeah. So yeah. so it's not intentionally though. Intentionally. Yeah. So you can't really hold that against. Exactly. So Yes you but, can. No you can't. Yes but, you can. Not not if it, the intent was to to make it part 1 of a two part story. Yeah. But even then it's a movie and the movie should have a beginning, middle, and end, even if the story overarching story okay, so then continues you're gonna say, on. You're gonna say that Empire Strikes Back is, a, is is can't be a better film because it ends with a cliffhanger no, no, no. I'm intentionally? Not saying, I'm not saying that if it ends in a cliffhanger, it's automatically bad. I'm just saying that... You can't hold it against it if that's the intent. I'm and, just saying that if arcs are left incomplete by the end of it, even if over the overarching story is meant to continue, then that's points docked and see, against and that's, it. And that's where rewatching Across the Spider-Verse, that's why well, I kind of Well, the original put... film is always going to ha- be the best then in that case. By those standards, you can't ever like a sequel. No, I'm not saying that you're not going to like a... Like, sequels are Because well... every initial film has its arc and is complete and it works by itself. Yeah. Well, yeah, but... And now you're saying, oh, because two and three and all these are, are connected... And you know it's not it's not complete in every I, no, single I think, film. I think you misunderstood what I was saying. I, I understand okay. what Brian's saying. Okay. Yeah. And and I and I actually felt that way for the longest time. But the more that I rewatch Across the Spider Verse, which to me it's become one of those movies where I have to rewatch it every now and then. I love the sequel as well. Um, I do think that for me, they both uh, solidly stay as my favorite Spider Man movies of all time. Across live action, across any any sort of media. My best, my my most favorite interpretations of of the webhead. All right, so my two favorite Spider-Man movies are sequels: Spider-Man Two, Across the Spider-Verse. Okay, so for me, the cliffhanger part, I was so engrossed in the sequel that when the cliffhanger came, I was like, "It's over." Yeah, that was two hours. Yeah, but I I didn't feel disappointed. I just felt enthralled right. by the concept that it needed to continue because I thought it could have had a clear resolution, but that doesn't detract at all for me. Mm-hmm. Um, very few sequels do it better than the first, and this is one of those that at least makes you think about it if you're not sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andy, uh, before you give your answer, after you're done, I have two quick opinion questions. And for you we guys. get a Mexican Spider-Man <laughs> that I don't think Andy dislikes. <laughs> Okay, so I'll say Across the Spider-Verse is one of the greatest sequels ever made. It's like Empire Strikes Back or The Dark Knight or Born Supremacy. It's on that level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can see that. That's fair. Okay. I have two opinion questions for you guys, so we'll just go around, okay? First question is, if this movie doesn't happen and the ideas that it brought in, you know, as far as multiple Spider-Men, doesn't happen, does No Way Home introduce Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire? Man. I'm, I'm going to say sure. No. I'm gonna say I have a feeling that they saw this movie, loved it, and said, we got to do that in live action. I think that mm. the only reason that the MCU is going in the direction of the multiverse now is because of this movie. Okay. I like that answer. So, yeah. what do you think? I don't know if it necessarily informed on that choice, to be honest. I can't say for certain. I believe it influenced that decision. So, I'm going to disagree. I think they would have tried it regardless. What do you think, Andy? Uh, I... They, they planned so far ahead for these movies exactly. that I almost think they, they knew they were going to do it. But I think the fact that this movie was so well received, I think that just confirmed it. It, it solidified it, right? Yeah. And that was my thinking also. Solidified is that decision. maybe it doesn't uh, <coughs> cause multiverse stuff to happen later on. But at least it made it clear in everyone's mind, hey, audiences love this kind of stuff. Yeah. If it's done right. Okay, second question. And please, 
I'm being in, in all honesty. I'm not trying to be funny. Disregard my feelings on animated movies, okay? This That's is easy. A, this is a serious question. Mm-hmm. If this movie is made live action instead of animated, is it better? No. No. Impossible. No. Impossible. It can't be done. So, and for me, I think so much that that adds to the success to the to the beauty of this movie is the fact that it does things that in live action you can't do. Yeah. I think that that's what, always one of the things that that kind of frustrates me talking about animation versus live action is that people always want oh I want the live action version of this I want to see this in, in actors and everything animation does things that that you can't do now I will say Thank you. I love this movie <clears throat> because for the longest time because of Pixar again they were so focused on the realism like they the making the, these stories into like oh what if this is just kind of like animated but it's very close to kind of like a live real, action live action yeah. animated whereas this one finally broke the trend and was like no we know that animation is special we know that animation can only do you can only do the color coding things you can only do the color schemes that the that the sequel does later the the way that it kind of incorporates for example spider punk in the sequel yeah. for, for you to see it later you only make that work in animation and and i think that that this movie is special because of the animation. Well, think of, think of works of art in general. Think of paintings. Mm-hmm. Imagine if every single painting you ever saw was just a portrait of somebody. Or a photograph. Or a photograph of just how they are, you know? And that's yeah. obviously very boring. And whenever you start getting into different art styles and the beauty that you can appreciate from them, then you see, you know what? It's good that these variations exist mm-hmm. because now you're seeing something that you wouldn't get from a photograph or from a regular portrait. Exactly. Not no. everything needs to be made in live action. So just yeah. as Josh said, that's exactly exactly how I would have put it. Animation allows for things that live action never can do. Mm-hmm. That's why you can't ever disregard it completely as a genre because it is its own thing for a reason. The best feature of this movie is the style of the movie, and it can't be emulated in live action. Yep. yep. And if I'll say one last thing real quick, I'll mention it again. Scott Pilgrim did it, and it's underappreciated. People don't appreciate how well it did those things, those comic-style mm-hmm. panel stuff. So that just shows you that sometimes you just got to go animation all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Cool. All I was right, just guys. interested in getting your takes. Thanks. Yeah. Last part of our podcast, uh, what is your final score for the movie? So I'll go. Because it's a, it's a letter grade or a number grade. You, you choose. Be, be, I'll go with a, a letter grade because movies like Man of Steel and <laughs> why you gotta bring you had to bring Man of Steel into this one. I had to do double callbacks on more than one thing, <laughs> but because um, the for me because across the Spider Verse exists, I can't give it an A plus. I have to give it an A. Mm. For me, across the Spider Verse is an A plus film. That's just my personal mm-hmm. opinion and feelings. So uh, I'm going to mirror that because that's the exact same logic I had. I give this an A because Across the Spider-Verse exists and it's an A plus in my mind. Josh? Um, well, and I just mentioned that I, I think both of these stand toe-to-toe. I, I believe that both the sequel and, and Into the Spider-Verse are equal in parity. Now, there's Across the Spider-Verse does things better. Don't don't get me wrong. They, they learn from this one and, right. and make it better. <laughs> but... In my sense, this one is still so. If you if you judge it on it on its individual basis, if you take off the other influences that there's other sequels and things like that, if you just judge it as it is, it, it's a, it's a near perfect film. It, it, it's an A plus for me. It keeps it the A plus because you have to judge it by 
what it is at this particular moment and the sequel as what it is at that particular moment. And so both of those to me, A pluses, and I keep it as an A plus for me. Very long winded answer just to say A plus. Okay. <laughs> Brian? <laughs> I would have said the same thing. What's wrong with having two A pluses? That's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Just you know, usually you don't have to defend why it's an A plus. <laughs> usually you have to explain why you gave it a poor grade, not why you gave it an, a perfect grade. <laughs> that's how good the movie is. Yeah. yeah. Steven, final grade. I'll give it an A, um, just because I know based on the times that I've seen it, it's it's a very very good movie. It's a great animated movie. Um, you know, great story, good voice acting. Uh, themes are good. I, I don't have any real nitpicks with it. It's not a movie that I constantly want to rewatch just because of the the uh, style of the film, but um, I can't I can't deck it for that. You know, I'm gonna try to be fair. Yeah, thank goodness you didn't give it an A minus because we would have hazed you. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I know. I was thinking about it. All right, guys. Well, that is the conclusion of our podcast. We thank you for listening. We've had a great time discussing it. We hope you've watched this movie before. If not, we strongly encourage you to watch it now. It is a fantastic movie. You will not be disappointed. We look forward to talking to you again on the next one. All right. And let's do this one last time. And And cut.